one. Hang on, let the music go. It's Turkey Day, yo. Thanksgiving's coming, and here we go. Rock and roll, let the music flow. It's time to go. You know, you know, you know. Here is the dome. Back with the bass, the jam is live in effect, and I don't waste time on the mic with the dope rhyme. Jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump. And I'm here to combine beats and lyrics to make the shake the pants, take a chance. Come on and dance. Guys, grab a girl, don't wait, make the twirl. All right, all right, I gave it to you enough right there. I had to do my thing. I love this song, bringing it back in the day. CNC Music Factory right here. On letter C right now, you know we're going from A to Z on the show because we did out of music ideas for the moment. But here we are live, back in action, baby. This is where it's at. Thanks to football with smashed helmets and mashed potatoes and stuffing the run game and stuffing your face with shame and turkey soaked with gravy from varsity to JV, a little apple pie along with a field goal try, plus a bunch of mac and cheese as third and three has your trip to fan keys, baby. Happy Thanksgiving from the third and three podcast with Tricky Nikki Gist in the house and the real deal, Damian Wim- Willi- uh, Damian Adams, excuse me. I almost called you Damian Williams again, brother. Thanks for giving, man. How we doing, guys? Doing good, man. I love how you came in with the whole, knowing the whole lyrics to the song. Yeah, that was uh, something, karaoke style. Oh, yeah, I yeah, brought it back, to, I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah, we go to karaoke one night, you're definitely doing that song, I gotta get a recording of that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is officially recorded in the iCloud of the universe now, guys, I'm done. So it's never going away. <laughs> no, finished, man, that is it. That's it. I can't believe I almost called you Damian Williams again. Unbelievable. Woo! Hey, yo, I got a quick trivia for you guys. You ready for this one? When was the first official Thanksgiving Day celebration deemed on the fourth Thursday of every November? No pilgrims, no Indians. We're not talking about that. When was it deemed the fourth Thursday of November and which president did it? Any idea? No. Five seconds. 1920? Ooh, that's not a bad guess. What you got, Dean? Uh, 1930. You guys are freaking good, man. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Thanksgiving became an official holiday by President Roosevelt, actually. Um, and it was back in 1942. How about that? You guys are pretty close on that. Uh, 1941, excuse me. I apologize. But it was, uh, yeah, FDR who did it. And I would, th- I would have thought it had been a much longer time ago than that. But little sidebar, a little fun here on the 3rd and 3 podcast. As we're kicking your ass every day, you know how we do it. Not bad guessing, guys. That was really good. All right. So let's have some freaking fun here. It is Thanksgiving tomorrow. So we're going to celebrate with sports today. Football, obviously. 
one major disappointment in neighborhood news, and I'm going to have to play the sad sound in neighborhood news, guys. I don't think there's any way around this one. This is really unfortunate because we get our three games, and it's been going like that for about, I don't know, 15 years right now, but... So we're only getting two games, guys. We're getting Detroit again, and we're getting Dallas again, and it's never going to stop. When are they going to change this crap around, guys? I mean, for real, before we even get to Baltimore, Pittsburgh, I love tradition in football. I ain't going to lie to you, but I, I, I'm getting really tired of Detroit playing at th- freaking 1230. And for you, Damien, it's like five in the morning, so I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, no, this definitely needs to change. Uh, the Detroit game comes on at 9.30 Pacific Standard Time. So 9.30 a.m., you're not even, like, prepared for the day yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely one that needs to change. And I get Dallas, right? Dallas is, you know, America's team, quote-unquote. They get the ratings. People love to hate them. And the people who love them really love them. So you're going to get ratings on the Dallas game. I get Dallas playing on Thanksgiving. I Detroit do get- yeah, Detroit makes no sense at this point. No mm-hmm. sense at all. You're not going to get major ratings from Detroit. They're not a team. I, I've read up on it, like, you know, that Detroit and Dallas were the original teams that were set to play, and it was a deal made way back in, like, 70-something for right. those two teams to play. But it definitely makes no sense now to continue this tradition. Like, pick three good games from the previous year that you think are going to be good when you look at the schedule to put on Thanksgiving. It makes yeah, no sense. Like- to have Detroit as an automatic Thanksgiving game. Uh, look, I totally agree. And again, I'm down with tradition, but it does change a lot, Nikki, you know, in whatever aspect of the world that it may be. And you know what? I'm, I'm cool with Dallas staying. That's fine because they will be good, you know, eventually again. And, you know, this and that, you know, they're a good franchise for the most part. But, Are they, know, though? Really? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what have they done? Like, Please. They're a good franchise. Okay. Okay, Jay. What, uh, why? Why are you coming at me already? We've only gone 10 minutes in. Uh, oh, man. My bad. My bad. I was just trying to appeal to the masses out there. I apologize. I apologize, mm-hmm. Nick. I don't want to get you upset so early on Thanksgiving, but the night before, you know, on the eve and everything. We'll all be I say change, change it all up. I am sick of the Cowboys. I'm sick of the Cowboy hype. They haven't done anything. Like, they're an okay team most of the time. Like, I'm tired of it. So I say change it up. Let's get something new and fresh for 2021. I think the worst part about it is they're always playing the freaking Washington now football team, you know, or that that's really it. I feel like they play Washington every single year, Damian. They got that. I don't know. So things do have to change. But the real travesty of the day is that we're not going to have the Ravens and Steelers at night. That's the game we were all looking forward to. Cared about the Lions. Not many people really cared about the Cowboy-Washington uh, game, but because of COVID, uh, Mark Ingram, Jakey Dobbins were ruled out. They decided to move the game to Sunday. So we're, uh, you know, shit out of luck. We're not going to get a Thursday night game this year. It's not like you could just, you know, transplant some, you know, two teams and be like, hey, you guys want to play Thursday? It doesn't work like that. So we're not going to have that. And that's really unfortunate. So my best guess is is that whatever, whatever channel it was uh, that was going to run the game is probably going to run some Thanksgiving, you know, great classic game if there ever was one Damien I don't know what they're gonna do that that sucks yeah I'm pretty sure you'll probably see like a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special or something like that (laughs) on NBC uh yeah it is unfortunate that you know that game had to be postponed but it is also a good thing that it was scheduled for Thursday 
to give it time to be postponed to Sunday yeah. and still have it during the same week. Yeah. Right. So if this was a Sunday game and you had to postpone it for another week, Pittsburgh's already, you know, lost their bye week because of Tennessee. So we wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. give them a bye week at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we have these extra days for the Ravens to get it together so that we can have this game on Sunday and still have it during the same week. And we don't have the season be exposed to maybe not being able to finish. And then we have run into that whole eight playoff team scenario. So hopefully we can get this game on Sunday and it can still happen during the same week it's supposed to happen. That's why he's our head coach guys, because he thinks stuff like that, man, that's awesome. Well done right there. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. And hopefully it will work out for the better, but Nikki, yeah, we're screwed. We got no Thursday night game. So it's really unfortunate. It, it, it sucks. And I just want to go to you with more uh, news about this, you know, a hit on the Thursday night game, obviously, if you want to, uh, with the COVID ramping through the Ravens locker room right now, but, uh, more news out of the NFC North with Joe Burrow freaking out. Maybe even next year, torn ACL, MCL, QCL, ZCL, everything. I'm not even trying to be funny right now. He ripped his leg to shreds by Chase Young, who was picked right after him, basically. I think the, that's the way it went down. And that sucks, Nikki. I mean, not that they were going anywhere this year, but, you know, like that takes the wind out of your team. Yeah, it does. And you just uh, hated to see that, you know, I hated to see Joe Burrow go down. Like he's such a fighter um, and he's so passionate about the game. And you can tell, um, yeah, he is, his whole entire knee is tore up. Correct. So, I mean, you hate to see it, um, but hopefully he comes back, but they're looking at what, like what, two years, not well, what, two seasons probably like, yeah, it could be the rest of this year and all the, all the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a travesty, Damien. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that you hate to see on such a gifted player who, you know, was despite the terrible talent around him was able to stand (laughs) out as somebody that we saw that had potential and you just hope for a speedy recovery. Um, He's somebody who you know is going to fight and, you know, claw to get back as soon as possible. Yep. So hopefully he does. He's able to do that. Don't rush him back. But if he's able to get back safely for some time next year, that would be awesome. But if we have to wait until the 2022 season to see him, that would be better than him rushing back and hurting his career in a permanent way. Man, yeah, but you know what? You never know. Listen, they, I think he's like 14 or 15 now, so they heal really quickly. <laughs> So, it, you know, it might work out for him. Let's see. We'll hope so. Hey, listen, the Steelers are still undefeated. The Jets are still defeated. We'll see how that turns out uh, at the end of the year. we got six more games to go. I can't freaking believe this. All right. Something weird about the, what I observed on TV this week, guys. Last thing with neighborhood news, and I just got to get your your opinions on it. I'll be in, uh, you know, Arizona, play Seattle on Thursday night, which we're going to talk about. And Kyla Murray and, um, and his head coach, uh, Cliff Kingsbury were talking on the sideline. And I noticed something, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury was a quarterback in college. He was actually drafted by Bill Belichick. There's a little news for you, if you didn't know. Cliff Kingsbury is about five inches taller than him. And I don't think that your head coach should be taller than the quarterback, Nikki. It was a weird <laughs> sight. <laughs> it, it was really strange. It was weird. I, I never seen it before. It was so weird. Yeah. Oh. I don't notice things like that. Okay. <laughs> That's why you're our quarterback. <laughs> Damien, no. you're our head coach, man. You know, I don't know how tall how tall are you? I'm six two. So, okay, so I'll be I'll be taller than Colin Murray too. 
Yeah, and you would stand right over me, and it would look freaking weird as hell, bro. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> no, it, it is something that you don't normally see because most head coaches aren't former quarterbacks. So most of them aren't, you know, guys who were, you know, the 6'2", six, 6'3", six, you know, 6'6", six, six guys that were the quarterbacks of the past. So you right. think about Cliff Kingsbury, you know, I don't know how exactly how tall he is, but he's probably in that 6'2 range, you know, taller than that because he was a quarterback in the past. And, you know, Kyler Murray is what? They say 5'10", but probably 5'9". Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so he's definitely somebody who's going to be way shorter than your normal quarterback. So even a normal head coach is going to be looking him eye to eye or be taller than him. So, yeah, it's definitely something that you don't see often. But I think Kyler Murray is going to be changing that for future quarterbacks of the future. And maybe we'll get that Jason Fearman type quarterback one <laughs> um, in, in the future here because of the Kyler Murrays and the Russell Wilsons of the world, Andrew Brees, of course, the shorter quarterbacks who have made it more common to not be, you know, six foot two and yep. throwing the ball around. There you go. Hey, maybe that's the reason why I keep getting called, well, not calls, I keep getting emails from the National Gridiron Football uh, 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 League to, to actually play. And I don't think they realize that I'm 40 years old. I filled out the application and they keep inviting me to play. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go down. I don't know, but I got to <laughs> give it a shot. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Right. You know what? You only live once as far as I know. So let's, let's freaking go. Right. Why not? Ah, uh, speaking as far as living once, some of these guys only want to live once on the football field based on what I've seen this weekend. There's a few out there. We're going to toss flowers and tomatoes. We're going to have a round of applause. We're going WTF moment right now. Things are weird. Things are strange. The NFL always is. It gives us beautiful moments every single weekend, even Monday night and Thursday. Nikki, I, I love this thing. It's awesome. We each get one great moment, one terrible moment. Let's kick it off with one of yours. Either way you want to go. Um, you know, I like to start with throwing my tomatoes. So yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. You do. <laughs> let me throw. All of my tomatoes this week at Green Bay. No. Um, I am sorry, but that second half meltdown I, was just like pathetically epic. I, I mean, I don't even know what I was watching, but what really boggled my mind was their defense jumped off sides and had 12 men on the field on back-to-back plays. Yes. What are you doing? Like, I just, I don't understand. That was some terrible, terrible football. And I feel like they are a playoff disaster waiting to happen. You know what? It's very interesting that you say that. And Damien, I want to kick it to you for your opinion on that one. I watched that game in its entirety. It was very intriguing to me. And we'll talk about it later, obviously. Um, there were a lot of things. It seemed like the Packers and the Colts both wanted to give that game away. The Colts were holding on that last drive every other play or every play. It was un- – I see – there were flags all over the place. I thought the United fucking Nations was there. It was crazy how many flags <laughs> were thrown on the field that day. So, it was nuts. And uh, I – agree. you know, yeah, they, they could have won and they should have won and they didn't. They lost by a field goal. And credit the Colts' defense, Damian. Yeah, no, you definitely got to give credit to their defense in that second half. They were phenomenal. But you could throw tomatoes at both the Colts and the Packers for that fourth <laughs> quarter. They end up yeah. like this, like those holding calls. Like they both, like you said, Jason, they tried to give the game away like a hot potato. And at the end, the Colts were like, okay, we'll take it. 
You know, yeah. <laughs> it was, they were yeah. tossing the sweet potato around for Thanksgiving. Exactly. Definitely. And between two teams that are going to be in the conversation when it comes to the Super Bowl at the end of the year, that was unexpected. You expect that from teams like the team I'm going to give my tomatoes to and throw my tomatoes at. You know, anytime I get a chance to throw tomatoes at Matt Patricia, I have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it. Zero points. You score <laughs> zero points against Carolina. Carolina's defense has improved. Right, it's a young defense that's going to improve throughout the year and get better throughout the years, right? But to score zero points, I know you had some injuries, Detroit. Uh, I know that Matt Stafford was going into that game hurt, but there's no excuse, no excuse to score zero points against a team that's four and seven or three and seven going into that game. How? How? <laughs> so you get all my tomatoes. Hopefully, one of the tomatoes knocks that pencil off of your ear, Matt. so that you no longer have it there so you can act like you write notes on some laminated paper i just hate it so much so all my rotten tomatoes are getting thrown at detroit for scoring zero points and then we have to watch you early in the morning on thanksgiving while you know it's too early to start eating so we have nothing else to do but watch you go against houston all the yeah, right, and you could yeah, drink. You could have a mimosa. It's painful to watch the drink. Yeah, you might need a few of them actually. <laughs> It'll That's be true. early enough in the day. Probably will start with a mimosa while watching <laughs> oh. the drink. Well, I can't argue with either one of those. And since we're throwing tomatoes, um, let me go to mine right here. Uh, I, I had a few, but first of all, you guys know how much I hate kicking in the NFL, and the fact that they call it football is beyond my belief. But the fact that the kicker, and we're going back to the Colt game, Rodrigo Blankenship had an opportunity at a 50-yard field goal, which is almost a chip shot in the NFL these days, as far as length is concerned. Now, this guy with his goggles on, he looked like freaking, uh, I don't know, Cartman or something like that. He came out there, tried to kick a 50-yard field goal, and he doinked it, not off one of the big crossbars, off the tiny one, the small one that's only 10 feet up in that freaking guy couldn't reach 50 yards in a dome? Are you kidding me? You don't belong any I know he kicked the game winning field goal and it was like from three yards away, lucky for him or whatever it was but you can't kick, you can't reach 50 yards in the NFL especially with no weather, Nikki are you sick? Are you kidding me? I'll give you all the tomatoes from the Garden State, and I'll I'll, I'll give them to you. Add <laughs> to the tomato throwing. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's just Damien. I've never in my life seen a kicker not be able to kick it fifty yards in length without any weather whatsoever. Yeah, no. In the NFL today, that should be an easy kick. Kickers today can definitely kick that distance. Now the accuracy at times from fifty is you know off to the right, off to the left, but the distance should definitely be there. So, yeah, I'm right with you, man. Throw all the tomatoes at him, and even if he tries to kick them, kick them back at us, he's not going to reach. Yeah, so, no, yeah, just throw all. <laughs> we make a marinara sauce. <laughs> yeah, so just throw all the tomatoes at him. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're, all, they're all gone. Forget it. I was actually at the supermarket earlier, and I was looking for extra ones. I, I need to find him and chuck them right at his face. Bad news. Bad news. Right at the face. All right. Well, let's try to end uh, this portion on a good note and uh, give a little flowers out and some applause, standing ovation. Nikki, who do you got? 
or what do you got? Well, it's Thanksgiving. I am in a giving mood, I guess. And I won't make a habit of complimenting the Dallas Cowboys because they're not that great. But I'm going to give some Thanksgiving flowers to Andy Dalton, who's had a rough go of it the past few weeks. He's coming back from severe concussion and COVID-19. And he says he still hasn't gotten his sense of taste and smell back, which is a very serious thing. Um, But that's a rough few weeks to go through. And, you know, he stared down adversity and he persevered against the Vikings, unfortunately, um, leading the way to the comeback. So while I'm not happy they won on a personal level, that's a lot to go through and come back even better than you were. So some flowers to Andy Dalton. Yeah, and tomatoes at the Vikings. Again, they just unbelievable. He thought that maybe they could do something and they end up, you know, giving up 31 points to Andy Dalton. But, wow, Damien, unbelievable. I I think I know where your applause is going this week, and I want to go ahead of you because – I kind of want to give it the same way, but maybe I'm wrong. So it's your turn. I'll go after you. If we don't, if we have the same one, maybe I'll piggyback off you, but I got a couple of backups. So the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. So for my applause this week, I have to be a homer and I thought give so. my applause to the New Orleans Saints defensive line. Eight sacks, <laughs> eight sacks against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the defense as a whole was great because a lot of those sacks were coverage sacks. Our secondary did a great job as well. And Atlanta as a team isn't good, but that offense is one to be reckoned with. So I have to give a round of applause and flowers to the Saints defense for shutting down Atlanta to just nine points. So a round of applause. Who that? Saints. Saints defense is awesome, man. All right. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, there's no doubt. I wasn't going exactly there, but you know what, Nikki? For a team who was streaking, I guess you can call it, with the Falcons and Raheem Morris to only have nine points, uh, yeah, that's a problem. Atlanta is a problem. Haven't we, haven't we figured <laughs> this out by now? <laughs> that's true. She's got a good point with that one. She got a really good point. Damien, I'm going to piggyback off of you, and, and I got a few over here, but look, we all talked about Jameis Winston starting this game a week ago, pretty much exactly, and he didn't. He didn't play, okay? Taysom Hill did, but it's not him I'm giving the flowers to. I'm giving it to Sean Payton because he realized that not only was Taysom Hill the guy for the job for this game in particular – we're not sure about going forward. We'll see what happens. But he knew that he can run all over them, that Taysom Hill had a better arm than people realized. He was throwing the ball to Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders and Michael Thomas, and accurately. And he was scoring touchdowns running. And Sean Payton knew that if he put in this game plan against Atlanta's defense and the fact that, like you said, Damian, eight sacks from their defense against Atlanta, knowing that their defense would hold up, all they had to do was control the clock and do what they did in the game, and they impressed me even more. And I give most of the credit to Sean Payton. That just shows you how incredible of a coach he is to put in a guy who threw 20 passes in his entire NFL career to be the starting quarterback of that game. Unbelievable, Damian. Yeah, no, it was a great decision. It's a very hard decision to make because we all know Jameis is the more experienced quarterback and has more arm talent than Taysom Hill. 
right? Taysom Hill definitely made some good throws. Now his deep ball definitely needs some work. The one that he completed to Emmanuel oh, Sanders, yeah, he he underthrew it by like twenty yards. But his intermediate passes were great. Um, he finally was able to wake up and to flip the switch for Michael Thomas this year. That was the first big Michael Thomas game we've had all season. That's right. And it was you know something crazy that affected it came with uh, Taysom Hill at quarterback. And I love the game plan, the play action that we used. It was a very good game plan for Taysom Hill. Now we have to see if it's going to work against better defenses, right? So we got Denver coming up, who isn't the best defense, but definitely better than Atlanta. So we'll see what happens going forward with Taysom at QB. But I, I made a video talking about it before when it was announced that Taysom Hill would be QB. And I said, you just have to wait and see because you have to trust in Sean Payton. He yes. hasn't let us down offensively during his tenure at all. And I was glad that, you know, it worked out against Atlanta. We'll have to see if it works out going forward. Yeah, uh, like I was saying, uh, you know, even last week, it's just, it's, again, I, I don't trust Jameis Winston, but I trust Sean Payton. Now, I did pick Atlanta because I didn't know how Taysom Hill was going to do with quarterback, Nikki. But what did you make of even that decision and how he played? Um. Well, I think Sean Payton did the right thing. Um. Like Taysom Hill, I mean, didn't look too bad on the field. Had a nice stat sheet on the day. And look, obviously the Saints were executing a scaled back game plan, right? But I guess that was to be expected. And they obviously didn't want to get into a shootout with Atlanta because then maybe we're looking at a different outcome here. But um, I think they did what they needed to do. And it was the right fit and the right game plan for this game. Makes a lot of sense. And and that's, you know, I, I echo you right there. It was the game plan, game plan, excuse me, for this game. So, yeah, going forward, I don't know what's going to happen with Jameis. We're going to find out, all right? But um, <clears throat> those are our applause and WTF moments of the week. Flowers, tomatoes, all that good sort of stuff. Normally, we hit you guys with some music, but having a little little tiny def uh little tech <laughs> technical difficulty so let me just hit you up with this for about 20 seconds before we get into the ranting recap Guys, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. I want to make sure the voices are very, very loud and clear as we go over our records, our week 11 ranting recap. We'll take a break after that, get to Mount Play a Play a Thanksgiving style. Knowledge with Nikki, we're all in trouble. Freaky fantasy draft, everything like that. Going to be a lot of fun. So hang in there. I know you're having fun already. Here we go, guys. This was a really, really tough week on all of us. Um, None of us did good, all right? So let's just get that right out of the way. Uh, Damien, uh, Nikki, this is the first losing week that you've ever had. It was only by one game, six and eight. Damien, you and I did not do much better at all. We went seven and seven, and we all double locked. So there's no round of applause. Maybe there should be tomatoes thrown at us because we did poor. We did not do well, guys. So uh, that kind of sucks. <laughs> so we'll kind of throw that one out the window. But, um, you know, at least we're not, uh, you know, completely off over here. Anyway, um, keeping it moving, let's get the Week 11 ranting recap over here. The first game, guys, that we saw was the Seahawks and the Cardinals, a rematch where the Cardinals took the first one, Damian, as we know, in a classic. This one, 
maybe not a classic, but a very good game on Thursday night football as Seattle took it 28-21. I know you went Lone Ranger style on this one. Uh, don't blame you for it, but Seattle's defense may be getting a little bit better. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if they're getting better or that the fact that they were familiar with this opponent. Okay, right? okay. And I have to see them do it against another opponent outside of the division before I start to believe in that defense. But this performance was impressive, the fact that they were able to get pressure on Kyler Murray to contain him. Like, getting pressure is one thing, right? But then containing a quarterback of that ability is a whole other thing. So the fact that they were able to not only get pressure but contain him and sack him, especially to seal the game, was very impressive. I like what I saw from the defense. Um, offensively, it wasn't the best game from Russell Wilson. It wasn't one that you would write home about. Um, but he did put himself back into the MVP conversation just by avoiding turnovers in this one. Yeah. So yeah. it was a solid performance from Seattle and a good win over Arizona, a tough division game where both teams knew each other, which you have to give pressure or you have to give you have to give Seattle credit for getting over that pressure and being able to get that victory. So big ups to Seattle as they get that lead back in NFC West. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they cer- they certainly did, along with the Rams over there, which we're going to get into, Nikki. But, um, you know, our boy Russell Wilson finally calmed down a little bit, probably had a talk with, you know, Pete Carroll, and, you know, it was like, listen, let's just chill out over here. Let's get our stuff together. Everything's going to be all right. No problems. Just, you know, everything will be cool. Everything I'm will be cool. not chicken. You're a turkey. All right. <laughs> so maybe that's what I said to him to get him a little turkey day, uh, I don't know, freaking something like that. But whatever it was, it worked, Nikki. So what'd you make of our boy Russell Wilson for MVP with a good comeback and the defense again? Maybe again, like you said, from uh, like Damien said, familiar with the opponent, but finally holding a team to only 21 points. Yes, I feel like we got a little bit of a throwback Thursday performance from them. Um, For what we've seen on defense for Seattle lately, I feel like they had a pretty balanced game. I was happy to see that. And Russell Wilson didn't have to do everything. Like, you just can't put everything on him. Um, He does need help, as, as does any quarterback. So I was happy to see that. And to everybody who wrote off Russell Wilson for the past couple weeks as MVP because he had a couple bad games because, you know, his old line is trash. And now you want to jump back on the train? No, I don't like it. I'm not here <laughs> for it. Stay the hell off the train. You already jumped off. You can't get back on now. Nope. That's right. That's right. As Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, don't get, you know, don't get on the bandwagon now, man. Don't even try. Just get off. <laughs> You ain't jumping on the bandwagon this time, bro. That's that. So that was a good game. A little less scoring than we thought, but um, a good one at that. Uh, Not such a great game. Washington against the Bengals. It was 20 to 9, Damian. Um, I really didn't watch much, but we talked about Joe Burrow. So I don't know how much we're going to rehash that over here. But I will say that Washington's defense looks pretty good. Yeah, they have a solid defense. Uh, and, of course, the big story that we already mentioned was Joe Burrow getting hurt. But right. Washington at 3-7 and seven, and this, you know, wonderful Thanksgiving game that we have against Dallas <laughs> will be playing, we'll playing for first place in that's the right. NFC East uh, after, after winning that game. So uh, that's the big takeaway is that they are in position to try to get a playoff spot and get a home playoff game. 
And you know what? If Nikki, I know you don't want to hear it, but if Alex Smith is the guy to be able to do that, even with a losing record or whatever it may be, talk about a story, huh? Yeah, I guess. The great comeback story, <laughs> the leg, everything. <laughs> like, why? Oh, I wanted them to lose. And, like, now they really got to – there's a three-way tie for second place. I, I can't with this division. I really just cannot. And the fact that the Eagles are in for – well, when we get to the Eagles, I got some questions for you guys. But, yeah, I mean, obviously it was pulling for uh, Cincy here. And the fact that there's a three-way tie for second place is – ridiculous Nikki you can ask all the questions you want about the Philadelphia Eagles I don't think there are answers but we'll try when we get to that <laughs> <laughs> let's get to another Pennsylvania team um again he don't do trap games bro 27 to 3 over Jacksonville last week it was 30 to 10 over uh Cincinnati he he he, he don't mess around man Damian again Steelers, 27-3. What more can you say? Jacksonville, who's moved the ball on every team that they have played this year, except for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Jacksonville does have the ability to score points and stay in games, and we're not able to do it in this one. This shows a maturity with Pittsburgh, that they're serious, that they're about business, about getting to the Super Bowl, and they're not going to let you know a team like Jacksonville stay in their way of getting that best record. And people have kind of already put them in the first slot, but we're forgetting Kansas City is only one game behind them. So they can't have a slip up and be like, oh, you know, we're going to this this first bye and we're going to have that first round bye. Nah, Kansas City's right there behind them. And Kansas City definitely has the capability of going 15 and one. So that's why. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, That's, you know, why Pittsburgh has to stay on their pins and needles, you know, have their cues, their you know, cross their T's and dot their I's because you don't know what Kansas City is going to do. So for Pittsburgh, it's a mature game. Go ahead and win and do what you're supposed to do. And Jacksonville, you know, you're tanking. You might not get Trevor, but maybe you'll get Justin. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that, that's how it may go. Hey, hey, look, it wouldn't be uh, the worst thing in the entire world, obviously. So uh, Justin Fields, yeah, we'll see with that. But, again, Nikki, going to the other side, um, it's really amazing. Pittsburgh is 10-0, and 0, and I feel like nobody's even talking about it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you guys one of my, my questions I have here in our recap. I want to know really and truly if you think they can go undefeated. Because, I mean, all right, you want to be logic and say, no, of course someone's going to be – like they're going to slip up somewhere. One of these teams is definitely going to beat them. All right, let's look ahead. Ravens, Washington, Buffalo. Cincy, Indy, and Cleveland. To me, like, I, I don't know. Unless the Ravens come back with a vengeance, uh, I think they beat the Ravens. I think they can beat Buffalo. So to me, their biggest hurdle is Indy right now. And mm-hmm. I, I could see this team actually probably doing it. Damien, do you mind if I go first? Yeah, go ahead, bro. Okay. Here's, Nikki, let me try to answer you quickly and fully. Um, Buffalo and India, definitely their two biggest, you know, gaps in the way. And either one of them, excuse me, either one of them can beat them. All right. So we're okay with that. Um, here's the thing. When you talk about them going, you know, 10 and 0 and keeping this thing going, the fact that Damien just said that Casey's right on their heels at 8 and 1 is going to force Pittsburgh 
to keep playing as hard as they possibly can. It's only one game difference. And when it comes down to percentage points, I don't know off the top of my head, but that'll even bring me to a bigger, a bigger question, guys. Does Pittsburgh want to go 16-0 and if the opportunity presents itself? And more so even to what Nikki's talking about, they might even have to go 16-0 and in order to get the first spot, Damian. Yeah, that was going to be my case. I think they have to go 16-0 and to get that number one seed. Well, Kansas City getting by the Raiders, who is their kryptonite this year. We'll definitely get into that. They may not lose again this year. You know, they do have some tough games left. They have Tampa Bay this weekend. They have New Orleans down the road when they may have Breeze back. So they have some tough games that they might lose, but Kansas City can definitely win those games as well. So at Pittsburgh, they may have to go 16-0, and and it's the first time in history where the team that has a chance to go undefeated may have to do it. Usually in that last week, you have the, you know, the classic conversation, oh, should they rest or should they keep their rhythm into the postseason? I don't think they're going to have the option to have that conversation this year. Mm-hmm. So if they do lose, I can see the Colts being the, the team. Um, Buffalo's good, but I think Pittsburgh takes care of them pretty easily. The Colts with that defense is the closest one. I definitely don't see Baltimore at all. Like Baltimore right now is very disappointing and we'll get into them. But yeah, they're very disappointing right now. So the Colts is going to be the biggest challenge, but I think they're going to be in must win mode just to get that bye week. Mm -hmm. That makes, and again, that I think that's the point right there. And like you said, nobody's had to do that before the Colts way back in, I don't know what was it, 2009, I believe they were, 14-0, 14-0, and they decided to not give a crap anymore, and they ended up losing to the Jets in the second to last week. Uh, they were up 14 nothing, I think, at halftime, and then Peyton and everybody else sat, and they just gave up. Mm-hmm. Um, others like to go for it. Uh, look, uh, Indy didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Your Saints did. And when the Patriots did it in 2007, they went all the way undefeated to the Super Bowl until Nikki, <laughs> your Jones, took them down. So there's no right or wrong formula to it. So what, Nikki, you posed the question. What do you, what do you say? Uh, I think they can do it. I think you guys are right. They probably have to do it. It's interesting that they probably have no choice but to be in win now. I don't think they're going to be resting anybody. Um, and I, I really hold firm that I think Indy's probably going to be their toughest hurdle right now. Yeah, well, I, I totally agree. I think we're all in lockstep on that. Damian, I disagree with you. I think Buffalo's going to be a lot tougher than you think. We'll see what happens um, when they do play. I think, what, we're a couple of weeks away. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. But, again, Steelers, uh, <laughs> don't mess around, man. All right, so we spent some time on them. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about them later for sure. Unfortunately, we will not see them tomorrow, Turkey Day. Uh, we will see the Texans, though, very bright and early against those Fakakton Lions over there. But they beat the Patriots, guys. I told you. I had a weird feeling that they were going to win. I didn't know why. <laughs> I even told you. I'm like, there's no reason to pick Houston. But they ended up winning 27-20. to 20, And, you know, it's Deshaun Watson. I think that's really what it comes down to. It's obviously not a defensive thing. Um, you know, the Patriots, they just don't have it together, Nikki. They don't have a good squad. Um, the Texans put up a lot of points on them. And that's where the problem came in. Um, usually. Again, Bill Belichick, he'll like to take away, you know, your number one option. But Houston doesn't have a lot of number one options. They got a lot of number two options. So who did he really want to take away? And I think that's what got them. 
for sure. And I am so glad my week 11 prediction did not come true that Deshaun Watson is going to retire at halftime due to frustration. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad to see that I was wrong there, among many other points this past week. Um, but you know what I think is good? That um, just watching this kid making something happen with his feet. I mean, he dragged the two defenders in the end zone for a TD. Like, that got the team going. Like, they said that after in the press conference. Like, watching him do that, we were ready to go. That got the team going. J.J. Watt went back to J.J. Swat a little bit. That was nice to see. (laughs) Houston did a real nice job um, against the run. They held New England to 86 yards. Yep, that's right. With Damian Harris going crazy, Rex Burkhead ended up going out in this game. Uh, Damian, Nikki, great points right there all the way around. And uh, yeah, look, look, the Texans got him at home. Um, it's not a shock. I, I, I know that you guys picked the Pats. And again, it's only a touchdown game, obviously. You could have gone either way. But um, yeah, the Texans end up pulling it out. And uh, Deshaun Watson is such an unbelievable quarterback. Just imagine if he still had D-Hop, you know, Damian. But uh yeah, they get a win. Uh, it's not going to get them anywhere. It just hurt the Patriots a lot. Yeah, and I definitely put the Patriots out of that playoff race. Um, I thought they were already out of it, but this one just stamped it um, that they're not going to be in the playoffs this year. Um, I did like what I saw from Cam Newton passing-wise in this game. Uh, he hasn't had a performance like that in a long time, pretty much since you know week two against Seattle, where he was yeah. passing the ball in that way. Um, but Deshaun Watson just is reminding us that he's still a top five quarterback in this league and he just happens to be on a bad team right now. And this is when you look at QB wins as a stat and say that is stupid. All right. Deshaun Watson obviously is playing very well this year and it's not his fault that the team is three and seven. Right. Exactly right. So that's what this performance did for me. It just illuminated that fact that QB wins shouldn't be a stat. I told, just like in pitching in baseball, I don't want to sidetrack, but I, I same thing. I believe that wins should not be. It should be ERA. Is that's what really determines if you're a good pitcher or not? Is how many runs you're giving up, not how many wins you have. And that's why, yeah, you know, I don't want to get off track, but Felix Hernandez for the Mariners about I don't know 15 years ago, 10 whatever it was, he won nine or ten games, and he won the Cy Young because his ERA was by far and away the best. So those are things you got to realize. I just wanted to make that kind of. Uh, juxtaposition right there i don't think i've used that word in my life illuminating oh my god let me get my thesaurus out yeah here. right no kidding Jeez. <laughs> he's got the was, jersey was, girl i'm limited in vocabulary lucky i haven't cursed that <laughs> oh, i've been watching Stephen a smith and now i've been upgrading my vocabulary uh, <laughs> yeah, all right coach i got gotcha. you yeah well we know you can pronounce it so that, that at the very least yeah. you get the no problem there uh, still good to go, guys. I'm going to keep bragging about my – not my Cleveland Browns, but this year they're my Cleveland Browns because I said, what are they, 7-3 and three now? I'm very impressed, even though they're not beating great teams, I understand, and they don't look good. Um, the one sentence I want to say about this game, it's not to this gentleman who I've actually met and appreciate and like, and he's a great football player. But Jarvis Landry is becoming Jarvis Laundry. They're not giving him the fucking ball enough. I'm sorry for cursing. But right, put a quarter that- in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> right, Nikki, I'm catching up to you now, really. No yeah, kidding. You are. But seriously, catch I mean, he's your best wide receiver on the team, especially now that OBJ is out. 
Why are they not throwing him the ball? What did he have, two receptions for 27 yards against the Eagles? Damien, come on, bro. Well, yeah, they're not throwing the ball that much, period. So it's going to be tough for, <laughs> for a wide receiver to really get his stats when, you know, Baker Mayfield's only completing 12 passes throughout the game. Uh, for them, it's all about that running game and setting up their defense for success by time of, time of possession, keeping the ball in, you know, in their hands. And, yeah, it's definitely they're, – they're not going to get the wide receivers and the tight ends. They have a talented group there, even without OPJ. But they're not going to get used in that way because I believe, I believe the quarterback is limited, and that's why you have to play this way. Um, but I definitely want to get to Nikki's questions about Philadelphia. Yeah, looking forward to that. Nikki, before you do that, I, I would like to ask you, do you think they're hiding Baker Mayfield with, based on what Damian said? And, you know, I mean, obviously they wanted to run to begin with. You got Kareem Hunt, you got Nick Chubb. Obviously you're going to run the ball. But do you think they're kind of hiding him now? Yeah, I think so. No, well, I think that's probably obvious. Why aren't you throwing the ball to your top talent then? Hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. All right, I can't wait to hear your Philly question. What do we got? All right. I'm not being a hater here. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm take my hater hat off and put my hater blockers on. All right. I want to have like a serious, I want to try. I have a serious conversation here. I, I want to know, are the Eagles in denial about Carson Wentz? Is Jamie, you go first. Carson Wentz, um, like, is he broken? Because I'm going to stand firm that as of right now, you know, Dak Prescott, injury aside, if it's between him and Carson Wentz, two minutes to go, I'm putting the ball in Dak Prescott's hands. I know you guys said in the beginning of the year you thought Carson Wentz was the best quarterback in the league. I hope Daniel Jones proves you all wrong. But um, <laughs> I, did you guys see that safety? Okay, he's just standing in the end zone. He's, like, contemplating life while the pocket is collapsing. <laughs> like, he is a wreck, and the more he drives his train – off the track, the less and less we see of Jalen Hurts. So is it Doug Peterson in denial? Like, does he not want to have a quarterback controversy? But, like, hello, you have one anyway. Um, If Jalen Hurts has big plays, does he just not want to look wrong? I, you know, Doug Peterson's press conference, he keeps falling back on more first place in the division. In the NFC East, you have three wins. I mean, what – Pat on the back, are you even giving yourself? So I think they're in denial. I want to know what you guys think. Damien, I I would love for you to take it first, bro. Go ahead. Yeah, I definitely think they're in denial about Carson Wentz. And you're correct. Dak Prescott, even in the limited action we saw this year, showed that he's a lot better than Carson Wentz. Uh, Me and Jason were looking at Carson from what he did the year that he was an MVP candidate before he got hurt when Nick Foles came in and got them to the Super Bowl that season. But he's nowhere near that guy right now. And I understand that the talent around him isn't what it was that year. But these wide receivers that he has now are starting to show talent. Like mm-hmm. Travis Fulham, he can play. Like they that guy can play. Him. You know, I'm sorry, but you notice that? They don't use him. Why? Yeah, he hasn't had a good game since the Giants, and he destroyed us. Yeah, so that's another thing. Like, they're not using the talent around Alshon Jeffries back. You're not mm-hmm. seeing him get good stats. So the talent is coming back around him. And also, I saw a stat, um, I think it was from ESPN, Stats and Info, that a lot of times when Carson Wentz does not have pressure, he doesn't perform well in those moments, right? Mm-hmm. He has the lowest QBR in non-pressure situations in NFL. So it's not just the offensive line letting him down. It's him panicking. 
Um, the interception he threw that guy took back for six was horrible. Like, it was <laughs> absolutely horrible. Like, the way he floated the ball out there as if nobody was around, you're not playing against NFL talent. Like, that's how he, he, he threw the ball like you were playing catch on Thanksgiving, waiting for the turkey to get done. Like, that's how he threw it. <laughs> like us in the backyard tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's how, he threw the, that's how he threw that pass. And the linebacker probably got the easiest pick six of his life. When he saw that pass just floating in the air like that, like, oh, okay, I'll take it. Cool, thanks. Like, so I definitely think they're in denial. The only thing I would say about Jalen Hurts is that we're not seeing practice. So Jalen Hurts at practice could be not giving us much to where the coaches are like, all right, we just got to stick with the money man. The man we invested in, we have mm-hmm. to stick with him and see what's going to happen going forward. Unfortunately, they're still first place in the NFC East. So they can't say like, oh, we're still in the playoff spot. You know, we have a team that can maybe shock people. If we get it turned around right at the right point, even if we're 5, 10, and 1, and we win a division that way, if we get it turned around right for before playoff time, maybe we could shock some people. So that's going to be their mindset. But I do believe they're in denial. Like I said, the turnovers are horrible. It's not like, you know, he's right now he's looking a lot, a lot like, you know, a, a white Jameis Winston. So you definitely, <laughs> so you definitely don't want to have that guy quarterback in your team. But we don't know what we're seeing from Jalen Hurts in practice. That's a very well well thought out response right there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get deep. Also, I'm I'm gonna try not to take up a lot of time. But um, while you were talking, I was I was thinking, and I've thought about this before. And I'm glad you brought it up now, Nikki, because people were bringing it up four, five, six, seven weeks ago. And I think we still need the time to see. And now that we've seen. Uh, yeah, they're in denial. Uh, they, they don't want to get rid of him because he does have incredible talent. He does. He has incredible talent. But here's what happened. He got injured extremely early in his career, in his second year. He got injured, and he was an MVP candidate, and he thought he, that he had, you know, the world by the balls, and he was going to be the next guy, the next Tom Brady, whatever it may be. Then he gets hurt the year again after, okay? His team goes on to win the Super Bowl without him. Everybody's cheering Nick Foles on the street. We want to keep him. Brett Favre's on TV. They should have kept Nick Foles. You know what? They should have kept Nick Foles because we talked about last week that he hasn't been good anywhere else except for Philadelphia. 27 touchdowns, two interceptions going back a few years ago before Carson Wentz even got there. So it gets really deep. Also, Carson Wentz doesn't trust his team anymore. And why should he from week one to week two to even maybe even last week. Alshon Jeffrey wasn't around. Deshaun Jackson got hurt week one. Uh, Zach Arts is gone. Who does he trust? Miles Sanders hasn't been there half the year. He has a horrible offensive line. He's got a terrible defense. So he's got no trust in his football team. He's got talent, but he doesn't have talent around him. And he's been injured early in his career, which has gotten to his young brain and said, oh my God, I don't want this to happen again. Thank God he got paid for himself. But now he's thinking longer down the line. Am I going to get paid again? Am I going to keep playing football? These are all things that are real and psychological and in his head. And that's why he's not playing well. And to also go back to what you said, Nikki, I was wrong. Dak Prescott is the better guy as of now and whenever, maybe even last year. But all these factors go into why Carson Wentz is not playing well this year or even last year at certain times. He doesn't have the trust or the talent 
around him. And the fact that he got injured so early in his career has played a psychological impact on him. So do I think he's a bad quarterback? Not at all. I think he's a great quarterback. I think that his mind is in his way. And I'm not trying to be funny. I think he needs to see, uh, see a therapist. That's what I think. And that's how I'm going to answer your question. Jay, would you take him on the 49ers? Yes. Yes, I would. Because okay. And you think he would, he would become, do better? You think you have like a Sam Darnold situation where like the Jets are terrible, but put Sam on a, on a good team and he's going to thrive? Do you think that's this kind of the same with Carson Wentz? I think it's part that I think it's part getting out of Philadelphia. And I think it's also part coaching staff. So I would take him. Absolutely. Okay. I know that may not be what you thought, but I was going to say, but yes, I would. That's why I asked the question. I want to know D if you, if you're the 49ers or even the Saints, Drew Brees is out. Are you taking Carson Wentz? That's a that's a very good question. Uh, do I think he would thrive under Sean Payton? Yeah. Yes. Um, now, do I want? Am I very curious now to see what Taysom Hill does in the next few games and see if he can be that guy of the future? Mm-hmm. Very curious. But is Carson Wentz more talented at QB than Taysom Hill? Absolutely. So I would have to see if he's worth it. Now, Carson Wentz does have that big price tag that comes along with him that Taysom doesn't. Right. So that's also another factor to consider into it. So for me, I would have to see, I would have to cop out and say, oh, let me see what Taysom does the next few games <laughs> <laughs> and see if he can be that guy for us. But Carson Wentz definitely is more talented than Taysom Hill. So just in a vacuum, you have to say yes. But then when you look at the outside factors of like his salary, that's when you have to take a step back and see if he's worth it. There you go. There you go. And I, I, I agree with what you said. Good question. I don't, I don't, no, no, not with the game on the line. No, no way. And you guys are both fans of teams where it comes down to the wire. I would not trust Carson Wentz. Nope. Maybe, I guess, if he could be coached up with a little bit of help, but right now, no, no way. I'll take Daniel Jones any day. Mm. Mm. Homer. (laughs) You could say that, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to go off of an eye test. No, that's I, very true. I understand that. And Thank I do. you for and the great reading. debate. We had a great debate, and we didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I'm, I'm glad. Again, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you brought it up. And I, and he, I told you already. I, I like Daniel Jones. You know, I'm looking forward to bigger and better things out of him. He's just got to get that uh, turnover bug out, yeah. just like a lot of players in the NFC East. So we'll see. So definitely a really good, good question. I like that. So again, the Browns won 22 to 17, much uh, to Mickey's happiness and. Going to the game that um, we were throwing tomatoes at earlier, especially Damian, the Panthers, 20 to nothing over the Lions. Shout out to P.J. Walker just coming in, you know, basically from the XFL and playing some football and, you know, uh, putting up 20 on the Lions, which isn't necessarily hard. But for any team to shut out an NFL professional football team, unless they're all sleeping and had tryptophan and turkey before the game, doesn't make any sense to me, Damian. I, so that was your tomatoes of the week. So to go back to you real quickly before we hand it over to Nikki in this game, I'm as shocked as you are. I can't believe that a team in this day and age can get shut out. Yeah, and like it's not a great defense. Like if they were playing against the Steelers, you're like, okay. Right, right. Against the, the Colts, <laughs> it's like, okay, I understand you're getting shut out. The Panthers defense is okay. It's growing. It's 
getting there. Um, so it definitely surprised me that they got shut out in that way. Um, but like you said, shout out to PJ Walker. I'm glad to see him succeed and he's going to be somebody who's going to be a backup in the league for a while now. I don't know if he's a starting caliber QB, but he's definitely somebody who could be a good backup for you. Um, I like that he's going to find his foot in here because his story is phenomenal. The fact that he's got cut from, I believe, 12 teams yeah, in his nice. journey trying to get in NFL and got to the XFL because Andrew Luck recommended him to his father, who was the commissioner of the XFL, and got the opportunity to get seen and got back into the NFL. So it just lets you know that sometimes these talent guys don't know what they're talking about. You have to put the talent in their face like, oh, look at this guy playing on TV. He was just here, but now I see he can play. So, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it happens that way. So I'm happy for him. That's right. Me too. Me too. I think that's a great moment. That's awesome. Um, Nikki, I don't think that uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey is coming back this week, but Mike Davis has been holding it down. And you saw, again, they won last week without CMC. I don't know. Maybe they're better without him. I don't know. But uh, your thoughts on this game and the fact that, you know, the, the Lions, a professional football team, cannot put up even a field goal in this game. I mean, it's a joke. Like, the Lions offense looked absolutely clueless to me. Like, like as if they had no idea what a football was, what the game was. Like, what are you doing? And I really, really think they're not firing Matt Patricia just because they have to play tomorrow. But if they lose tomorrow, <laughs> I, I think he's out. <laughs> I think right. it's a wrap. You might be right. She might be right about that. Again, we talked, we should, they never should have got rid of Jim Caldwell to begin with. She might be right. The Lions season is over, and why keep him around anymore? Unless what, you need why? What's the point? Just to piss off Damien, the, the best <laughs> of the year. That's why they keep him around, because they're all listening. I, I like that, yeah. Nikki. What, no, Dean, what were you saying? Um, that's the only thing I could see, is that, you know, they're keeping him around just out of stubbornness. And <laughs> it's something that, you know, I know he has a relationship with the GM, so if he's back next year, I wouldn't even be shocked because they might not want to admit how wrong they've been on this hire and how wrong they were to fire Jim Caldwell. So sometimes stubbornness and just your pride can get in the way of doing what's right. And I see that a lot right here in Detroit. That's sickening. I hope that doesn't happen. And I can certainly see it might be unfortunate for him, but I can see Eric Bieniemy being the head coach of that team next year. They, they got to do something, man. I hope Patricia ain't around for even your sake, brother. Uh, let's go to the next one, man. Maybe even the game of the weekend. There was a lot of good games, but this one, uh, wow. Okay, going into overtime. Um, I told you I thought there was going to be a tie game. We had a couple of overtimes, and neither one of them came to fruition, but – the Titans and Derrick Henry took it 30-24 over the falling Ravens. Nikki, I thought they put an APB out on your husband after this game. I, I, <laughs> it was unreal. They lose again. At just heartbreaking touchdown overtime. Nikki, take it away. Yeah, I mean, oh, God, I felt so bad for him. Like, I, I just, you know – Ravens fans like their expectations are high because they're usually a winning team so for them to kind of go through this like you know please I feel like I've lived through it as a Giants fan for quite some time now but um I understand their pain here and listen the Ravens are having major issues with that offensive line you losing Marshall Yonda has hurt them terribly um they switched their center out and oddly enough so they sat Matt Stura, I'm sorry, coach, if I, you got to correct me on pronunciation. And they went, gave the number to uh, Patrick McCa- McCarry. 
Uh, he was the center who he hasn't started a game since they played Tennessee um, in the playoffs last year. So <laughs> I don't know if that was a bad omen or what. But at first, like, Ravens were in control, looked like they had the run game clicking. They were shutting down Derrick Henry for a little bit. Seemed like a win, but the Ravens make too many costly mistakes in crucial moments, and they have got to get that offensive line figured out. And Lamar Jackson just keeps giving us these lackluster performances. But like I said, games are won in the trenches. That line is terrible. You ain't kidding, girl. You really ain't kidding. That's awful. Just awful. Oh, God. Let's move. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Damien, got to get your opinion on this game. Titans 30. Uh, you were, I think that you picked them uh, alone. You were the Lone Ranger on this one. Yeah, I just didn't believe in Baltimore. I'm going into this game. Tennessee, I feel like Tennessee's in their head because they haven't been the same since that playoff game last year, right? So the, yeah. last year, they're riding high. They're expected to be in the Super Bowl, or at least the AFC Championship against the Chiefs, and they just got steamrolled by the Titans in that game in a divisional round. And in this game, you could tell it's in their heads because John Harbaugh is out here yelling at Malcolm <laughs> Malcolm Butler for <laughs> being on the logo. And Butler doesn't, know he, doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's out there standing around getting ready for the anthem to play. And he comes out there yelling at him. Mike Vrabel has to come out. I want to throw my tomatoes at John Harbaugh. If I got extra one, I'm throwing them at him now. <laughs> After the game... He's too much of a sore loser to even shake Mike Vrabel's hand. What are you doing? The the Harbaugh's are great coaches, but I would not want to be around them as people because it seems like they would just be very painful to be around when things aren't going their way. Both John and the one in Michigan right now. Yeah. They have, like, they're just, you can tell when things don't go their way. They're very intense, which makes them good coaches, right? And they're very meticulous about things. But to be that's just a sore loser like that and to overblow the fact that he's standing on the logo, because I don't think he did it in a disrespectful way. It wasn't like he went out there and planted a flag in a Baker Mayfield type fashion on the logo. He was just standing out there getting ready to go. And he didn't even know it was the particular logo that they take pride in. And he's out. And I think the fact that they knew the Titans were a more physical team was in their head and they wanted to like prove themselves and be like, oh, we're manly. They can't stay on our logo. <laughs> and it, it just all went, it all backfired at the end when Derrick Henry is plowing towards the end zone in overtime. Yep. So yeah, for that, I throw my extra tomatoes that I had left over at John Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And don't blame me. And Derrick Henry, another one of those guys, very rare, who gets stronger toward the end of the game. And look, he did it. He, he did it again. So uh, credit to the Titans after a horrible losing streak that they were on trying to get back into it over here, staying in the division with the Indianapolis Colts, my team of the AFC South, who we're going to get into right now with a 34-31, again, overtime victory over the Green Bay Packers. Um, I went lone, uh, lone Ranger on that one. You know, I love my Colts. I love that defense. Um, not, you know, pleased with the way that Phillip Rivers is playing necessarily, but I uh, do like the run game when they get on it. Naheem Himes, look, they drafted a great wide receiver in Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Tywee, Tywee, listen to me. T.Y. Hilton finally got into the game a little bit, uh, made an appearance, was healthy for a while. So they got people to throw to. They can run the ball. They can play defense. They beat the Packers. I know it was at home, Damian, but the Colts are for real, brother. Yeah, no, they're definitely for real. The way that they were able to shut down the Packers in the second half, make adjustments, 
on exactly. defense against a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you have to take them seriously. Again, a very good offensive line that is going to keep you engaged offensively and keep you moving, even if Phillip Rivers isn't having the best game. And Rivers has improved throughout the year. Like, he was very bad to start the year. When they lost that game against the Jaguars, it was like, oh, man, you know, Phillip Rivers is done. But he has improved. Um, it's funny with Phillip Rivers, one thing that if you watch him, he doesn't wear cleats. Like, he wears, like, regular shoes right. out there <laughs> because he has no thought of running. Like, he's not. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not moving out that pocket. He just wants his feet to be able. If he does get tackled, he wants to make sure that those feet don't get stuck in the turf so he doesn't even have cleats on out there. <laughs> and for, <laughs> for Green Bay, they had every chance to win this game. I mentioned earlier how the coach tried to give it away with all those holding calls. And they just weren't able to pull it out. So you have to give the coach credit. And they are for real. They are a Super Bowl contender, not just a playoff team, but a Super Bowl contender. I like that. I like that. Nobody said that yet uh, from what I heard at all, that the Colts would be a Super Bowl contender. Very good right there. And I like when they bring in uh, Jacoby Brissett also, um, you know, for certain plays, uh, whether it's, you know, um, in RPO or whatever it may be, certain things like that, how they mix them in. It works out really well. Um, loving loving things uh, go- going on over there, Nikki. Um you know, the Packers is still a good team. And I know that you, uh, you know, threw tomatoes at them earlier. It was only a field goal game. Uh, you still believing in them? Believe in them, but, um, and I think they're definitely good enough to make the playoffs, but I think they're just begging to get their butts kicked because they don't always play great football. They got a leaky run defense. Offense was out of sync. Special teams mistakes, again, awful fourth down execution on both sides of the ball. Fumble over time, the list goes on and on and on and on. And it happens too many times. So, yes, they have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they have talent. Yes, that bad man can make things happen. Um, but can they make it happen when a team who's far better than them comes knocking on the door? No, not if you're going to play like this. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, they're going to win this division, the uh, NFC North, by default, because there's no way that any other team is going to overtake them uh, at this point. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to get their stuff together. They're not going to be a number one seed, I can tell you that right now. It could be Damien's team, which we're going to get to in a second after we get to our very last game of the week before um, – no, we got a few more. I'm sorry. I apologize. We do have the char- um, the Chargers and the Jets, actually. Um, I paid no attention to that game whatsoever. Yeah, can I, can I vote for a skip? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to do the same thing, too. I mean, I don't really have much to say about this game. You know, the Jets still – you know what good for them Damien at least they're trying to win yeah yeah no they they played hard um it's you know Frank Gore came out and said he didn't want to go out on an 0-16 team so I do feel for him you know as one of the running back who I believe is going to get in the Hall of Fame when you just look at his longevity and his the accumulation of stats he's been able to put up throughout his career and you know you hate for his last year to be on a team that was 0-16 but Unless he gets, you know, cut and picked up by somebody else, I don't see him being on a team that's going to win a game this year. Mm-hmm. Yep, big problems over there in uh, New York land. Guys, the Jets officially became the first team eliminated from the playoffs, and we should eliminate them oh, from our recaps. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Until they win a game, we, we absolutely should. Well, Well said right there, Nick. Well said. All right, let's get to a few more because uh, the Niners and the Giants were both off this week. So in our games, it's only Damien, which we're going to get to in a few. We got a few more. Um, got the Broncos who took – I, I got to talk to you guys about this game. The Broncos won 20-13, to 13, all right? 
you know how much I love Brian Flores and, you know, was talking about him as coach of the year, but, you know, Mike Tomlin's probably going to end up winning that. That's another story altogether. Um, I don't really care how bad Tua was playing, and he wasn't even playing that bad. It was a close game. Damien, talk to me here because I found that to be uh, – what's the right I – don't, I don't know what egregious. the right – Egregious. Amateur, egregious. It, yes, thank you. It was an amateur, horrible, yeah. egregious coaching decision to take out Tua, who you just gave the reins to, to try to give a spark to the Dolphins – I, 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 I can't understand that. I never will. I, I really don't care even what you say, Damien, <laughs> to try to convince me if, if you're going to do that. But if you can, go ahead, because I've never seen that, and it makes no sense to me. No, I didn't agree with the move either. If you pick someone, especially a young guy, to start, you have to go with the ups and downs of a young QB. We knew it wasn't going to all be – Flowers and kisses. Like we knew eventually he was going to get hit in the face. And this Let game, him take his lumps. Let him take his lumps. That's all right. Yeah. Exactly. Like let him take his lumps. And if he can adjust and get through it to somehow win this game, then you're like, oh my God, we have the guy. We right. know that this guy can go through some adversity and get through it. Right. He even had the quote about he did. He thought it would be easier. I know too was a humble guy. He might've got just kind of misquoted or misspoke a little bit on that. But mm. that's blended board material. So you knew Denver, like, oh, this young guy who played three games thinks it's easy? Oh, mm-hmm. we're going to show him how easy it is in the NFL. And that's what happened. They came after him. They disguised their blitzes. They were able to confuse the young QB. It's going to happen. You have to go mm-hmm. through those ups and downs. We've seen it with Justin Herbert this year. He's been through the ups and downs, but we know now, like, okay, this guy is willing to go through adversity and willing to, is able to, succeed after that we have to see that with Tua. we know it about Burrow before he got hurt that he's going through the adversity ups and downs so yeah you have to stick with the young QB pulling him doesn't help his confidence in my opinion it just hurts it because now you're saying I don't believe in you to be able to adjust and to be able to get through this game like you have to stick with him and I understand that at that point you're like okay we have a chance maybe Fitzpatrick gives us a chance to win the game and Fitzpatrick did play pretty well into that last interception so I get that part of it, but at this point, you already made the decision for the future, and you have to stick to it. Absolutely, there's no doubt. And Nikki, uh, even before I go to you, and and you know, your th- I know that you're just absolutely blown away by this thing as I am, and so is Damien. But to, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I just don't, I really don't know how to put this. But let me just go to Vic Fangio for a second. Is he a great head coach? No, not by any means, but. He's an unbelievable defensive mind. So, like, alluding to Damien, what he said, they're going to come after him. They're going to figure it out. He's a great defensive mind. And Brian Flores should know that on the other side, being one himself and understanding these things. So, I, I, I don't – I still – I don't understand why. There's no reason behind it. I, I, you can't go to the quarterback who you drafted fifth overall and going to take into the future and say, we need a spark today. That's a bunch of BS. Um, I cannot believe that he did this. And for everybody who's saying, oh, well, it's because Tua landed awkwardly and he was hurt. No, he wasn't. Brian Flores came out in his press conference and actually admitted that he was benched due to performance. And to me, you just killed this kid psychologically. That is a confidence killer. So you need to tell me he's not going to go out and think, oh, if I throw an interception, I'm going to get benched. How do you even, how, 
first of all, relate it back to life. How would you even perform in your own job if that's how you felt? If you know, you, you made one mistake and somebody's in there to take your spot. Like you have the plan, you stick with the plan and you see this kid through. Otherwise he's never going to learn. I mean, you guys said it all to me. This is like the most egregious crime in the book of Nikki sports that could be committed <laughs> by a head coach. And like somebody should bench Brian Flores's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I like the analogy as well. Even just in the workplace, you, you're right. Knowing that, you know, you, you go to your office and you just got, you know, ringed out by your boss or whatever it is. It's like, shoot, am I going to have a job tomorrow? You know, what's going on? I got to provide my family, all that sort of stuff. So I, I mean, look, I hope to is obviously not, you know, destroyed mentally for the rest of his life. I don't think he is. I think he's headstrong like that, but Nikki, I totally hear what you're saying. And we all can agree that this was just a move that is egregious. Like you said, there's no other, there's a million words for it, but that's a perfect one. Just, just ridiculous. And maybe we'll talk about it a little bit uh, again later, but we want to get through a ranting recap. And that was definitely ranting recap right there on that freaking uh, pull by two ridiculous. Awesome freaking Sunday night football game, guys, which we're going to get to in one second because I skipped the Cowboys and the Vikings, which we talked about briefly. Uh, Cousins was actually great, but Zeke and Andy Dalton were a little bit better there, Nikki. They they ended up winning that game. I know you don't like it. The Vikings, they oh – God, man, I mean, we've been talking about them. It's like they were, ready to, they were ready to make it happen, you know, make a charge, you know, get into that seventh spot in the playoffs, but not now. No. You know what? Here's my theory. Because you know what, Minnesota? I am done picking you and relying on you when it comes to an NFC East opponent. What happened to bring it home so we can stop the Eagles from winning the Super Bowl and crush <laughs> their hopes? No, you lost. You couldn't perform. What happens now? I need you to beat the Cowboys. Can you do it? No, you can't. I'm sick of it. I should have known better. Forget about the betting line. You know, they say the public goes one way, you go the other way. If Minnesota's playing the NFC East, Take the money on the NFC East opponent. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't uh, help you out over there, Nick. I'm sorry oh, about that they one. They never do. Uh, never. No, no, they don't. And look, the Cowboys getting a little bit better, perhaps, Damien? I don't know. Or is it just the Vikings being that crappy and, you know, having to rely on Dalvin Cook? I know that, Kirk, you know, Kirk had a good game, but not good enough. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that Dallas defense is improving somewhat. Like they were absolutely, absolutely horrible to start the year with Dak Prescott playing QB. And that's one of the reasons Dak Prescott had to put up the stats he put up just to keep them in games. If this version of the Dallas defense was playing when Dak was healthy, they probably would have won some of those games to start the year, you know, yep. outside of Atlanta just pooping the bed. So they would have, you know, started off in a better way and probably had a you know, been 500 and had just a stranglehold on a division. And with Minnesota, man, you you just got to be disappointed. Like you said, we all thought this team could threaten those seven teams in the NFC. The <laughs> NFC, I think we're pretty much set now with the playoff teams. I don't see anybody else outside of those seven coming in and being able to make any noise. Then Minnesota is supposed to be the one team that could do that. So, yeah, I'm disappointed in Minnesota, but I do think Dallas is playing a little bit better and could be a threat to win the NFC East now. Yeah, I sure hope not for Nikki's sake and for my sake. I despise the Cowboys, always have. So, uh, Nikki, I'm on your team. You know that. You know <laughs> Thank that. 
Ah, uh, there was a couple other teams that played, and uh, Damien, you talked about it earlier about the Chiefs and the Raiders. They put up another awesome, awesome game, but the Chiefs came out on top this time against Las Vegas, thirty-five to thirty-one on Sunday Night Football. It was a fantastic game. Twenty seconds. Mahomes hits Travis Kelsey in the end zone for a touchdown. There was never any doubt in my mind. They had over two minutes to get it done. So they could have really, like, walked down there and and, and uh, got the job done. But it's got to make you question the defense of these two teams. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, they both got good offense, great offenses, you know. And that's all well and good. But you got to be able to stop people at some point. And neither one of these teams did it in either one of the games they played. Yeah, now both defenses definitely struggled. Um, the Raiders, I don't know what they were doing that last possession. I understand you're trying to maybe, like, okay, we know they're going to get in field goal range. So let's concede maybe a field goal. But Travis Kelsey was so wide open in the end zone, he could have planned a picnic there yeah. and then still caught the ball. Like, he was that wide open. So I don't know what was going on there. But I have to give some credit and some flowers, some additional flowers to Derek Carr. You know, earlier this year when we did our MVP conversation, I included him. And he's been balling. Yeah, he was very yeah. good. In, he, um, he was very good in this game. I think he's proved the doubters wrong when it comes to just him as a QB. He's been able to go down the field, and he's the reason that the Raiders could be that team that makes a little noise from the wild card position in the AFC. Um, for Kansas City, the defense, yeah, you have to be a little worried. But when you have Mahomes, he covers up so much for you. Like there's, you know, if there's any, you know, shit on the ground when it comes to Kansas City. You have the ultimate uh, fertilizer and ultimate <laughs> air freshener. <laughs> Wait, Dean, did you just curse? I know. First time for everything. First time. Oh, my God. I need four quarters in the jar. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you guys are rubbing off on me. Wow. Um, <laughs> but, well, yeah, until but ESPN all... picks us up, we're going to keep it like that then. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, Patrick Mahomes definitely is the perfect air freshener to cover up all that stuff. So he makes up for everything. But against a better team with a better defense that may slow down Kansas City, that's when you have to worry about it. Yeah, like Pittsburgh or perhaps Buffalo or, you know, maybe a couple of Indy, right? You know, so watch out. I don't think it's – Nikki, I don't think it's all said and done that the Chiefs are going to, you know, go to the Super Bowl this year. No, no, of course not. Um, but I do like that the Raiders play them pretty tough. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't think lightning was going to strike twice. It was pretty close, you know, maybe give them a little scare. But I like watching the Raiders play them uh, tough. I love watching Mahomes. It's just a thing of beauty to watch this kid. Derek Carr lights it up. I mean, these are really becoming two really good teams to watch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, play each other. And, you know, go back to the beginning of the season when we were making all our picks and everything. Um, Nikki, you and I picked Russell Wilson, and it was certainly looking like that for at least the first seven, eight weeks. And, Damian, you picked Patrick Mahomes. He's the front runner right now, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you think about the fact that he has two interceptions, um, both coming against the Raiders, but only two this year. Uh, his touchdown-interception ratio is nuts. Yards, nuts. Uh, what he's the eye test, nuts. Like everything he does is absolutely crazy. So you have to, and you have a team that only has one loss, you have to put him in the front of the MVP conversation. You know, oh, yeah. as much as I would want to give it to Russell Wilson or even include someone like Alvin Kamara in that conversation, uh, Patrick Mahomes is that guy, man. 
Uh, he really is, man. He's just absolutely incredible. You know, underhand passes, left-handed passes, it don't freaking matter. It's unreal. So a lot of passing in the Monday Night Football game, guys, before we get to our one last game, because, again, the Niners and the Giants were off. So we're just going to go to the Saints, which you talked about earlier. But the Rams pulled it out 20 bucks on Monday Night Football. It was a good game. Um Guys, my biggest takeaway, first of all, I love the way that Goff played with, uh, with Cup and, um, and Robert Woods. Uh, they, they were beautiful. They, they were totally in synch- synchronicity. It was, it was excellent to watch. However, I am starting to really have my questions about Tom Brady. I mean, some of the passes that he – not just this game. You know, we can go through the entire year. But just to concentrate on this game, he threw some passes that – I, I, I couldn't believe that were coming out of his hand. He made a couple that were great. He threw one to Antonio Brown in a window the size of a toothpick, which was incredible. But there are other ones that he, he underthrew Mike Evans by about 10 yards on a goal route where he had Jalen Ramsey beat all the way down. He had a lot of bad, two interceptions, could have been three. It was a really bad day. And I'm looking back at it more now and the arm strength. Yeah, once in a while, he can really heave it out there, Nick. But Tom Brady, with all these weapons, you would think that even at 43 and his health and all that, that he'd be doing a lot better right now than seven and four. Um, yes, but I think the other side of that is Bruce Arians. To me. Yes. Good call. Yes. Go ahead. Bruce Arians is hell bet you know what it's like a what uh it's a cat cat right they like they like take a piss and mark their territory or whatever he is <laughs> on saying you know tampa isn't big enough for the both of us tom like you're doing it my way all right mm. well listen you're a six-time super bowl champion at quarterback the guy knows a thing or two so i don't know why you're forcing him into the offense because this is your way and that's how you're going to do it. It's not working. I think you got to curate a little bit around Tom Brady's strengths and he is 43 years old. So father time is going to catch up to you a little bit. And I'm tired of hearing Bruce Arians say after the press conference, well, we need to execute on a higher level. We have a very slim margin of error. So what are you saying? This offense has no margin for error and every play has to be executed almost perfectly. Like that's not, (laughs) that's that's not really how it's going to work so to me I think Bruce Arians has to change a little bit and if not it's going to be their demise you broke that down down beautifully Damien that's going to be really hard to follow I'm sorry for you bro but you (laughs) broke that 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 was perfect because that's exactly where I wanted you guys to go and hopefully feed off you Damien I want you to go in a second but Bruce Arians apparently has an ego bigger than we thought because he's hell-bent, like Nikki said, on keep throwing that ball down the field where Tom Brady has met his, his bread and butter for 20 years plus, throwing the ball seven, eight, ten yards down the field and matriculating the ball down into the freaking end zone. But Bruce Arians ain't having that, bro. So I'm on Tom Brady's side. Yeah, no, Bruce Arians definitely wants to run his offense. And we know one thing that, you know, they may not have that Tom Brady's had in the past is one of those running backs who can receive the ball out of the backfield in that way. There's no James White on his team mm-hmm. that can, you know, catch 13 balls in the Super Bowl, right? Oh, God. And Leonard Fournette dropped like three passes the other day. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely 
was bad as far as catching the ball in the backfield. That's never been his strength. He's a guy who you give the ball, eye right. formation, single back, let him be a powerful back and go. And when you don't have that, you still have other options to do short passes. Antonio Brown on quick slants probably gets you 10 catches a game on quick slants alone. Uh, Godwin can do the same thing. And then once you get the defense to come up, that's when you go deep to a Mike Evans or you hit Gronkowski, right. uh, Gronkowski, excuse me, down the field. So I would definitely want to do more short passes. And also, it did seem like at times Tom Brady was maybe confused by the defense. Now, that's not something you tell us, but watching the game, we can see it. The interception he threw at the end of the game looked like he didn't see the safety. Uh, the yeah. one he threw where he thought he had Gronkowski down the field, he didn't see the safety come over. Yeah. So we definitely can tell that from watching the game. You don't have to articulate that to us, coach. Like, you don't have to throw him <laughs> that way. Um, and for me, it's, I can understand a little bit of the method to the madness because you want to be able to say, I can hold even the person who's perceived to be the GOAT accountable, right? Mm-hmm. So that the rest of the team knows that you can hold them accountable. But mm-hmm. you can do that in practice. You can do that in film session, right? Call him out there. But call him out right. to the media right. seems like a step too far. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm with you. It's it's a little ridiculous, and you do not have to do that. You keep it in-house like a guy like Mike Tomlin does, no doubt. I totally agree with that. So. It's an excellent point, and the Bucks take another loss, and it, you know, wasn't wasn't pretty. I know it was only a field goal game, but it kind of felt like a little more than that. The Rams really had their number on defense at times, so there you go, a field goal win for the Rams on Monday Night Football, putting themselves there right next to Seattle in first place in the NFC West, the best division in football. Don't get it twisted, Damian. I love you, but let's get to your division. Last game before break. Um, again, you were the uh, your team was the only team going, and we had talked about it before. Uh, eight sacks, Taysom got rolling. Defense played great. Jake Matthews got torched. That offensive line. Talk to me about the game, bro. What'd you see? Who that? Said they gonna get. I saw the Saints destroy the Atlanta Falcons, and if you're not familiar with that rivalry. It just brings so much joy to my soul, happiness to my heart to see, <laughs> to see Atlanta losing this way to us, just get dominated. And Roddy White had the nerve, the unmitigated gall, the audacity <laughs> to come out <laughs> and tweet that we were going to lose because we started Taysom Hill and because it's rivalry week. I still hate Roddy White to this day. I, it's been... A good five, six years since he played and retired. But I still hate him to this day for being an Atlanta receiver who always tried to talk trash to the Saints. And I'm glad that Sean Payton was being petty and was retweeting him after the game because he was out here talking trash. Love it. Um, to get to the game, I really like what I saw from Taysom Hill. He did a great job of going through his progressions in the pocket. That was one thing that we thought maybe he wouldn't be able to do because he was not asked to do that in his role before, right? Whenever he was able to ask to throw the ball, it was one read. If it's not there, take off. And he did a great job in this game. You could see him going through his progressions. Yeah. And one player that really stood out to me, there was pressure in the pocket, and he was waiting for Michael Thomas to get open across the middle. And he just gradually took three steps to the left as pressure was coming down his throat. And as he took those three steps, Michael Thomas got open, hit him right across the middle. Uh, he did a great job in the intermediate throws. And 
those, you know, seven to 20 yard throws that he was doing off of play action. It was great. It was great to see that. Is he your traditional quarterback with the monster arm down the field? No, but he's somebody who can definitely get the ball there when it's needed, when it comes to those medium throws. The deep throw to Emmanuel Sanders I mentioned earlier was extremely underthrown, mm-hmm. but it's something that was completed because Emmanuel Sanders is a good wide receiver who made the adjustment. He also did make another throw to Emmanuel Sanders that got called back on a holding call. That was a pretty good deep throw, um, just to give him credit on that. Our defense has been phenomenal the last few weeks. Like, you can make an argument they're playing at the highest level alongside the Colts in the league yeah. when you look at the last few weeks. So our defense is playing like we expected the defense to be at the start of the year. So if our defense is able to play at this level, Taysom Hill doesn't have to have that pressure of, oh, I need to score 30 points. He can just do his thing, not feel the pressure, and then we can move forward until Drew Brees comes back. Drew Brees, they, the count keeps going up. I didn't even know we had 11 ribs. Um, so. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I've learned, I've learned so much more about ribs today now um, because Drew Brees, I, I didn't know we had a total of 24. So he's broken 11 <laughs> of those 24. And I don't know when he's going to be back, but take your time, bro. Don't rush back when you got 11 broken ribs. Like, yeah. be no, safe. So yeah. Taysom Hill, hold it down for the next few weeks. Hopefully Drew Brees is back by the time we play the Chiefs because has, as good as our defense is, we won't be able to hold the Chiefs to nine points. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be something that we, hopefully we have Brees back by that game. But hold it down for right now. Taysom, you're doing a good job, man. And the Saints, it just, like, like I said, warms my heart to see a stump on the Atlanta Falcons in that way. Oh, I know it does, brother. I know it does. And we're going to break in about 30 seconds. And just one thing I want to say to you um, also is um, you, you mentioned it. Um, you know, he, Taysom was really good on the intermediate throws and, you know, going through his prog- progressions and whatnot. Um, obviously, Drew Brees is a better quarterback. There's no debate there. And he can throw the ball further, better, and more accurately than Taysom Hill. But that Saints MO is, you know, we're going to run the ball. We're going to throw short passes. We're going to get down the field and get first downs. And, you know, he kind of like followed suit there. So not so much different. And it really, again, it worked out. And so much credit to Sean Payton. Unbelievable. You guys are listening to the third and three podcast Thanksgiving Day style. And speaking of which, we're coming back with Mount Player Player as we do every week. And this time, as you can figure, it is Thanksgiving style on now play a player we're going with our favorite foods maybe some stuff that we don't like you never know what's going to happen it's third and three you know how crazy we get over here it's going to be a lot of fun you guys enjoy this song commercial break we're going to be back in 60 seconds hang in there love your life we'll see you in a minute Century of lonely nights waiting for someone to release me. Licking your lips and blowing kisses my way, but that don't mean I'm gonna give it away, baby, baby, baby.
Yeah, guys, I got to tell you, I, I don't know if you heard before, I was trying to mention a little something. Oh, my goodness. When we were younger, we were kids, the song first came out, and, you know, run me the way, genie in a bottle, trying not to stay so X-rated over here. It definitely threw us for a loop. We were trying to figure out what the hell she was talking about, and one day, bam, popped right in their heads, and uh, we got her message loud and clear, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, you know, Christina, she could be... Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one statement for it. But uh, God bless her. <laughs> so uh, yeah, little Christine Aguilera for you over there. Uh, like I said, we're doing uh, we're on C's next week. We're doing D's. So who knows what's going to come out then? We're going through the whole damn alphabet because we're going to be here as long as we want and as long as you're listening. So here we are back on third and three. It's Thanksgiving, as we know, tomorrow. We're getting ready to celebrate, stuff our faces with all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, you know, there's a really good way to kick off Thanksgiving, and it goes a little something like that. They want to hear the Thanksgiving song. Right. This, is, uh, this is a Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> love to eat turkey. Oh, I love you. I love to eat turkey because it's good. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should because it's turkey to eat. So good. That clapping's messing my head up, man. Oh, Adam Sandler, you sick man. We love you. Absolutely beautiful. Hanukkah songs, Thanksgiving songs, all that great stuff, man. Awesome. Way to kick off Mount Player Player. Loving it. All right, third and three. We are back. Nikki Damien, how we feeling? Hungry. Feeling good. Feeling great. Beautiful, beautiful. That's all I want to hear. You guys are great. I'm great. It is Thanksgiving time on third and three. And uh, guys, I do have a little secret for you about Thanksgiving with me. It is um, one of my favorite holidays because obviously football's on and you know it's going to happen. But if you've seen this commercial lately, um, this is the way I am with Thanksgiving food. I'm like Deion Sanders in that commercial when he runs away with a pizza and steals it from that cat when he wants to eat Subway. Uh (laughs) I want the pizza and I want the TV. That's pretty much all I want for the most part. But I do have my top four. It's not going to be a lot of the same as you guys 
So straight up, Thanksgiving, not my favorite food holiday, but I do love it as a holiday because we get a nice four-day weekend and we get a lot of football. It's a beautiful thing. So each of us are going to name our top four Thanksgiving foods. If you want to throw a couple out that you want to throw them in the trash, be my guest. Pretty much everything there is in the trash for me with a couple of exceptions. Wow. So, yep. Yep. I didn't tell you guys because I don't tell you guys anything. We don't talk. We don't talk until the show. <laughs> we never speak. <laughs> it's showtime and that's it, baby. You know how we do it. But we, we got mad love. That's how it goes. But yeah, I don't like the Thanksgiving food. So uh, you're not going to love my list, but we're going to get to it. But Nikki, I would love to hear your, well, your number four, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, my number four, since I do really enjoy Thanksgiving food. Um, and I host Thanksgiving every year. So I do it up big. I do it Nikki style, certain way to do things. Come, Jay, come for Thanksgiving one time here. I might change your mind. You might um, never invite me back. <laughs> <laughs> Both are invited anytime. So, right. <laughs> um, number four is kind of boring, I guess, on surface level. But it's biscuits slash dinner roll slash bread. So I always do this nice appetizer spread. I always fill the bread basket. Wide variety. Okay, we got rolls, sesame, pumpernickel, sourdough, rye, brioche rolls, Italian bread, baguettes, right? Various dipping oils because you need that. Various cheeses. But come dinner time, you absolutely need the biscuit because you got to sop up all the, that bite, that gravy, that mashed potato, that turkey. So it can't just be any dinner roll. You got to have a nice variety, nice spread, but definitely bread is underrated on the Thanksgiving menu. You know what, Nick? I, I, I never thought about that. I didn't put biscuits together with Thanksgiving. I, I actually didn't, but that would be damn, I, I would like to redo my list. I'm Maybe I'll make that slash four. I love biscuits, man. So shoot, you can give me a whole plate of those and, I, and I'd be good to go. I didn't think of it as Thanksgiving food, but uh, full marks for me. I'm, I'm all about that thing. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good number four right there because you do need the bread to sop up everything that's going on around it. So I like, I like to pick a lot. Yeah, man, I like that too. Really good. Uh, all right, what do you got for four? For my number four, I have to go with apple pie. I absolutely love apple pie. What, well, for what reason? Is it because of the movie or is it because it just really tastes good? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh, boy. I you fine. better say tastes good. <laughs> no, I definitely must say, no, I definitely think it tastes good. I won't use it in the way that it was used in the movie at all. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but no, I love apple pie. Uh, it's something that I've always loved. Like when we would go to my great grandmother's house when I was younger, she would bake one apple pie for the family and she would bake one just for me. Oh, uh, that's, how <laughs> that's how much I love apple pie. And now the tradition is going on to where my mom does it. My mother-in-law does it here out here in Arizona where we have Thanksgiving with my fiance's family. So yeah, apple pie, you get it with a nice good crust, apples, the brown sugar. It just when it hits your mouth, you put you could put vanilla ice cream on top. Oh my god. It's amazing. I was gonna say, are you an ice cream? Are you an ice cream on the pie kind of guy? Or is it just cool? Yes. Or, okay. Right. Yes, ice vanilla ice cream on the apple pie. You have to make sure it's not too much vanilla ice cream because you want to make sure you get more pie than ice cream. The ratio mm -hmm. has to be right. But apple pie. 
And you can put slash peach cobbler. Like peach cobbler is another one that I love as well that I do with the vanilla ice cream. So peach cobbler, apple pie. Like I almost look more forward to the dessert after mm-hmm. getting the meal. I always have to make sure I don't eat too much during the meal to where I can get enough dessert. So apple pie <laughs> and peach cobbler, my number four. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Definitely a good choice. Uh, from what I hear, I wouldn't know. My taste buds have never tried that before. So you, hold on. Woo! Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yes. Rewind. Yep. Yep. I, I know. know I said, I admitted on Twitter uh, that I never had sweet potato pie, but okay. Uh, you never had <laughs> apple pie? Did I hear no. this? No, I, I really what? never had. Wait, it, then no. your list is invalid. You didn't have biscuits? <laughs> I told you it is. It's horrible. <laughs> what is going on? Here? I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked. This is, I never um, had. It. Yeah, never you, had. To, you guys like, could if, not come at me about not watching movies. Jay's never had a piece of yeah. apple. <laughs> not having apple pie is up there with like not seeing Friday. Like it's the same level. <laughs> it's the same level of shame that you guys should have. Well, for both of those, American Pie ruined it for me. So that was it. I just, I, I, I had no appetite for it after I saw that. So that was a done deal right there, <laughs> Nikki. I swear it would have been biscuits had I known that it was like a food, and I had to look up like the top twenty-five foods. I swear to God, because I don't know. I always get myself at a Thanksgiving. And put myself in front of a TV with a pizza, which is why I mentioned Dion before in that commercial. So four would have been biscuits, but because I couldn't think of anything else that I actually like and I want to be truthful, as always, it's not a Thanksgiving food at all, but it's always there. So it's alcohol, specifically beer. I need my beer because I don't like the holiday. And if I'm going to eat any of that food, I can't be sober doing it. So I'm going to need my beer um, plenty of it, 12 packs galore all over the place. Wonderful stuff. I really never, ever drink. Uh, not anymore. I, I did a while ago, but no, I don't even drink like socially anymore, but on a day like that, I would need beer. It's not a food. I know it doesn't even count. My whole list don't count, but that would be my answer. But biscuits, man, damn Nikki. I wish I wouldn't know. Cause that would have been in there. Yeah. Well, Jay, I'm going to piggyback off of you. My number three is also alcohol. Okay. No, it's not a food. But listen, God love my family. I do, but I need it <laughs> to get through mm-hmm. the day. It is a lot hosting. Um, my family is crazy. God love grandma, 85-year-old tough broad from Brooklyn. You can already imagine the type of opinion she has that she will tell you about yourself. Um, so, yeah, you're going to need that alcohol to get through. I'm not talking about like a bottle of wine. I got it all. I got the vodka, the tequila, got all kinds of wine. Got the rosé, sparkling rosé. We got champagne. We got beer. We got Baileys for the coffee. I just can't wait to be in my vodka pumpkin pie stupor and pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, no argument for me. Nick, you got two that I really like. So well done. Well done. All right, Dean. Yeah, I think both you guys nailed it on the head with the alcohol. I like I like those picks as well. We definitely go very hard with alcohol over here with our family. <laughs> Vodka, uh, Captain Jack, Coke, mm. the drink. Uh, <laughs> so, we have, <laughs> so we make sure we have it all, man. We have everything, and we have people that can really drink. So usually there's a return trip to the liquor store involved throughout the day. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> usually, I'm the one usually making a run because I usually like to stay sober to watch the football. But this year, with those games, I might just go ahead and get drunk <laughs> really early. Talk up early. <laughs> well, you're drinking mimosas early, right, D? Because you got to watch yeah. Detroit at like nine o'clock. So yeah, you'll be. Yeah. You can't make the run. Sorry. So yeah. yeah, I'm not making a run this year. I'm definitely gonna be drunk early. Um, so <laughs> for my number three, I went with baked mac and cheese. Okay. Oh so, yeah, nice. Okay, we got one that that Jason yes. likes. I like what? this. Okay. <laughs> so for the baked mac and cheese, it's very important that it is baked. All right, you can't just get the regular mac and cheese that you might make on a regular weekday when you're doing something real quick and you throw some Velveeta cheese on some shells. You can't do that. No, for Thanksgiving mac and cheese, it has to be baked mac and cheese with the right type of noodles. You have to have like three or four different cheeses or five. Some people make a five cheese macaroni that I love, um, or you could do it differently. My fiance is the one that's in charge of making the mac and cheese for the family Thanksgiving. She does a great job with it. And I usually get like two or three servings of the mac and cheese. It's When it's cooked right and it's baked, you get the little hard top. And then you go underneath and get the gooey mac and cheese. Perfect. Perfecto. Just perfect. So I definitely have to go with the baked mac and cheese as my number three. Mm-hmm. And you need that, like, yeah, you're right, dude. It can't be any recipe. It's got to be, like, that that family recipe that's been handed down. It can't just be or a really good catering place. There's a great catering place by me. Their, mac, their baked mac and cheese is bomb. Um, but I agree. It's not, we're not talking craft mac and cheese. Nope. That a girl. Now you're talking. All right. You'll understand why I had such a wonderful reaction to what Damien said. I'll give it to you in a few. But my number three is it's an obvious one. It's turkey. It's got to be white meat turkey. I don't like the dark meat necessarily. So white meat turkey with a lot of gravy. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of gravy. I can't eat it dry. Otherwise, I need to take a sip of water or beer or whatever the hell's in front of me at that point. So I just need a lot of gravy on my turkey. I told you guys, I'm really plain. This is the way it's going to go. My next two, you're going to be like, wow, you really hate this freaking holiday. So- <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> so beer and white meat only turkey with a lot of gravy to drown out the flavor. So, so far, far, that's what we got. Okay. All right. Well. Drown out the playground. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm not going for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, Jason definitely has to come to our house if we do yeah. Thanksgiving. We're not going there. Guys, no. I told you, I, you'll <laughs> never have me back. I will never come back to your house. You will say, like, I don't want that guy here ever again. I will ruin your party. I'll ruin Thanksgiving. <laughs> Impossible. We'll be too drunk for you to ruin it. <laughs> well, that might be the only thing that gets me over the hump. That might be it. <laughs> All right, well... All right. Let's do number two. So um, my number two is stuffing. Cannot have Thanksgiving without stuffing, all right? You can't even eat the turkey without stuffing because of that bite, right? You need the gravy, that stuffing, that turkey bite, that perfect bite makes everything right in the world. Stuffing, when done right, is delicious. It is extremely flavorful. You could put so many ingredients in there. You could have it plain. You could have it with mushrooms. You could have sage. You could have stovetop. You could have whatever you want. People put sausage and apple and cranberry. It all works. It always works. It doesn't let you down. 
what is a plate of leftovers without stuffing? Garbage. Okay, Damien, I'm going to hand it to you because when I hear the word stuffing, I hear just a whole bunch of crap shoved into something else. And I don't want it. So go ahead. Well, no, when you think of like stuffing, it's like a dressing, right? Some people call it dressing, stuffing. It's, and it's not like what you think of like somebody just stuffing a bunch of stuff into a turkey. Like it's, what the hell? They call it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was saying, what the hell they call it that for? It turned me off. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely uh, like, I don't know why it's called stuffing, but some people call it dressing. Um, but it's, it's really good. Like when it's made right, that's the thing with stuffing and dressing. It has to be made right because if somebody messes it up, it's horrible. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those foods that has a really high ceiling, but also a really low floor. Um, so it has to be made correctly <laughs> for it to be good. But I do like a good stuffing or dressing, depending on, you know, who makes it. So I'm down with Nikki on that one for number two. No, you guys are real Thanksgiving people. There's no doubt about it. Um, so the reason why I went nuts with uh, Damien's uh, mac and cheese is because that's my number two. And it's exactly what he said. So I don't really need to go much further. He's right. It's got to be baked. It's got to be crispy. And it's got the perfect amount of you know, gooiness and crispiness and just that bronze top and it's beautiful and I can eat mac and cheese all day long, but he's right, specifically baked and with bacon in it, which I've had a bunch of times, just phenomenal, man. So that's why you had my reaction and almost spit out my drink when you said it because (laughs) I love, and it is the number two, it could have been number one, I'll reveal my number one soon, but you can't go wrong with, with that baked mac and cheese, man. So, D, D, I'm with you all the way, bro. Yeah, no, that's a, a really good one. The reason I had number three. Now, my number two is on your list as well, turkey. But for turkey, it has to be deep fried so that it's not so dry. So with us, you know, sometimes you put it in the oven. And some people are good at putting it in the oven and it coming out not so dry. But when you deep fry, you have to have that hint of danger that you might blow up the house. when you have that hint of danger that you might blow up the house it comes out really good make it taste better yeah it makes it taste a little bit a hint of danger makes everything taste a little bit better right and it's phenomenal it's also good like if you have like a syringe that you can infuse the um flavor into it to make sure that's not dry a little gravy is good but i don't want to have to drown it in gravy because it's so dry you have to make sure that it comes out not too dry, that the fact that you can eat it, just a little, a little bit of gravy, not drowning in gravy, deep fried turkey, seasoned well, all right? It's a, it has to be the right person to do it. Usually it's the head of the household who deep fries the turkey, you know, either the dad or the grandpa, if he's still doing it, or, you know, even if it's, you know, the first, the oldest son, it's somebody who takes, you know, the the bulls by the horns to know I can do this correctly without blowing up everybody. <laughs> Deep fried turkey, number two. All right, that a man right there. All right. Well, it is time to get to our number one Thanksgiving food or whatever we want to call it. Nikki, can't wait to hear your number one. If it's candy yams, the show's over. <laughs> it is it is not. <laughs> right. My number one is pumpkin pie. I know. It is so basic, right? But my love for pumpkin pie is probably like Dee's love for apple pie. I freaking love pumpkin pie. 
and I wait all year. I don't indulge. Like, it's not like I'll go and like get a pie, like, you know, a couple weeks ago and eat it all. No, I wait for the one day. Well, no, weekend, <laughs> I wait for that first bite of pumpkin pie. And it is just like absolute heaven. And you have to, I don't do ice cream on the pumpkin pie. Do some cool whip on the pumpkin pie. Can't be like an enormous amount. D's right. The ratio pie topping, it's got to be right. But what I love more is the cold pumpkin pie the next day on Friday for breakfast. If you're not having cold pumpkin pie for breakfast the next day after Thanksgiving, what are you doing with your life? And then I will just eat cold (laughs) pumpkin pie for the rest of the weekend. So like I'll order two pies and I'll do the same thing. I get a third one and hide it so nobody else eats it. So I will gorge on cold pumpkin pie for the next four days. What an appetite this girl's got. God bless you. I don't know how I'm like a size four. <laughs> like, I don't even know. <laughs> I work out a lot, but <laughs> Well, keep doing it. If you can indulge yourself in that stuff, then you go Once for it. Once a girl. year. Once a year, it's okay to go ham, I think. Once a year. So I'm here in apple pie. I'm here in pumpkin pie. So let me get to my number one chocolate pudding pie. Okay. Let's just like end the game right here. Drop the mic type of stuff. All right. Chocolate freaking pudding pie give me the whipped cream around it give me chocolate give me ice cream on top of it i'm cool with that that's dinner and dessert to me as far as i'm concerned along with my beer next to me i love it that's my number one favorite thing by far um along with the mac and cheese i should say everything else you can leave off the table as far as i'm concerned just make sure i have my alcohol give me my pudding pie and let me have as much baked mac and cheese as i possibly can but Chocolate pudding pie I've loved since I was a child. So Thanksgiving or not, give it to me. Okay. Okay. That's my first time hearing that or like a Thanksgiving thing. Um, I've had chocolate pie before. Like there's one on Walmart. They have these pies where literally they're done. They're frozen. All you have to do is buy them, let them defrost, and then you can eat them. I've had one of those chocolate pies. It's really good. They have a caramel apple pie. Um, I forgot the name of the particular pies, but they have a caramel apple pie that's super good as well. So I can see why you would go that direction. Uh, it was funny that Nikki said at the end of her sentence that sometimes it's okay to go ham because that's where I'm going. I'm going with ham. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we do the show folks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with ham for my number one. I love the taste of ham, especially when you have pineapples on the ham. Got a big fat ham, put some pineapples on it, get that pineapple flavor with the ham to go along with the deep fried turkey that's next to the baked mac and cheese, that's next to the dressing. On the Mm -hmm. side, on a different plate, I have the peach cobbler apple pie with the vanilla ice cream on top. And I have a Tito's and Sprite sitting right there waiting for me to drink with a horrible football game in front of me. That's Thanksgiving, (laughs) okay? That's what makes it perfect. And the well ham said. is what tops it all off. Well, that was well said. I am so hungry right now. imagine you are. All right, so we're going through our top four. Mine is completely and totally unorthodox. Um, I know it wasn't expected, but it was. I am a very picky eater. And half of that stuff wasn't even Thanksgiving stuff. But um, when you said the biscuits, Nikki, that definitely uh, rung a bell right there immediately because got, I you, love me. 
Gotta have the biscuits. Jay, hold on. So were you that kid that just like just ate chicken fingers? Like you just had the oh. chicken fingers? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean my uh my smorgasbord goes a little further than that, but okay. I'm not one to play around with food that doesn't look correct correct. Like uh like a tomato. If you you ever cut a tomato and you look inside, it looks like it's not finished yet. Oh, I'm not gonna I eat that. No, I don't mess with tomatoes. I was gonna okay. say the F word, but I don't mm-mm, nope. <laughs> That is probably my most hated food in the world. See, that's there are just certain things that don't look right, don't sound right. And if I had George Carlin's thing right now where he talks about food and like the name of food, like succotage, sounds like you're calling somebody an asshole or something like that. Like, I, I can't eat <laughs> I can't do it. So I'm out. I'm out. But you know what I'm in on? <laughs> I'm in on knowledge with Nikki. Right? My recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of tricky. Right. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top is tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top is Time to get this tricky, Nikki knowledge action started. I'm sorry if you smell something. It just means. Okay, here we go. Let's do it, man. Knowledge with Dong, Jeopardy, all that good stuff. Nikki, tell us our topic this week. Well, what do you think it is? It's Thanksgiving, of course. Of course. A I little hope plethora of questions for you guys for each. And who, Jay, I think you go first this week? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Not that I remember what happened five minutes ago, but I think I'll go first. Okay, let's do it. All right. Question number one. Jay, how many women were at the first Thanksgiving celebration? Hmm. The, the very first official one we're talking? The, the, the very just... old, the old one. <laughs> oh, okay. So like way back in the pilgrims. Way back in the day. I will say 12. Do you want to try? I'm going to say that we um, have come a long way since back then, and I'm going to say zero. Um, it was five. Oh. Mm, right in the middle. Yep. I don't think yeah. no uh, points deserved there. Yeah. Okay. Five. Wow. Okay. Five All right. All right. We had the same thought. We knew it wasn't going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. Which running back has the most rushing yards in a single Thanksgiving Day game with 273? Wow, great question. Wow. Oh, man, I don't want to take up too much time. I mean, I, I mean, you think Dallas, you think somebody in Detroit. I mean, I don't, I don't think that you would just give me Barry Sanders like that. So, um. <clears throat> I'm going to say Tony Dorsett. No. D, you want to try? Uh, for some reason, I think Adrian Peterson went off on Thanksgiving. It was O.J. Simpson in 1976. Mm, O.J. All right. Yeah, a, good, a great question. Yeah, that, that is a great question. I like that a lot. Even though I got it wrong, I still like it. Okay. <laughs> well, let's move on to question number three. Jay, who was the first president to pardon a turkey? 
<laughs> I can't believe this the first person. <laughs> um <laughs> God. Um <laughs> Um I I'll say uh Madison. No. D, you want a shot? I'm going to go with Rover Cleveland. John F. Kennedy. Wow. Okay. Okay. In short time in office, he got, got a couple of things done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jay, number four. The Turkey Leg Award was started in 1989 as a fun way to recognize the MVP of the game. Since the name change in 2001, is now known as the Galloping Gobbler. Who won this award in 2009? 2009. Yes. Okay. Just let me try to go back into Think Tank and think of the possibilities. To, ooh. Ooh. Um, you know, without thinking too much, how about Calvin Johnson? No. Do you want a shot? Uh, I'm going to go with Marion Barber. <clears throat> Donald Driver. Ah. I can't even pull that Marion Barber, man. That was I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, who's a Dallas running back around that time? So I just, like, let me pull that out. And what kind of crazy question would Nikki ask? So, yeah, that was a good one. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Maybe you'll get a steal from Damien on his. Ah, you never know. Never know. All right, Dee, let's go to question number one. Black Friday is the biggest day of the year for what profession? Black Friday is the biggest day of the year for... What profession? Oh, that makes it interesting. Because... Is it professional professional shoppers? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jay, you want to try? I mean, I don't know if this makes sense, but I, I would say, you know, retail. No, plumbers. What? <laughs> is it so? Is it because the day after Thanksgiving, a lot of people have stuff stuck in their toilet? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll gather. <laughs> wow. wow, plumbers. Yeah, that would have been my second guess, at least. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Dave. This team has the highest winning percentage of any team on Thanksgiving with more than one appearance. This team is five and one all time. Wow. Five, five and one on Thanksgiving. Hmm. I'm going to go with your New York Giants. No. Ah. Jay, for the steel? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the steel urs. Actually, the Vikings. Really? Uh, okay. I do remember a crazy Randy Moss game on Thanksgiving. <laughs> you just like to hit the Vikings sound. That's it. Just Minnesota right there. All right. Okay. Good question. All right, D. How many turkeys are prepared for Thanksgiving each year? Wow. 
I'm going to go with 10 million turkeys. No. Jay? I'm going to go with 500 million. Uh, 46 million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys went to the extreme. <laughs> sure did. You ain't kidding. I thought there was like 330 million people in America. So I'm like, I think I have one for everybody, but guess not. <laughs> Vegetarians and stuff. Maybe they don't, you know. <laughs> no, just cheap. That's all. Cheap. All right, D. Uh, last one for you. Two NFL quarterbacks have thrown six TD passes in a Thanksgiving game. Who are they? Oh, six touchdown passes in a Thanksgiving game. I'm going to go with Brett Favre and did Drew Brees throw six on Thanksgiving? No, I don't think he threw six. I'm going to go with Brett Favre and Matthew Stafford. No, neither one. Jay, you want to try to steal? It's interesting that you said Favre. I was thinking of him, and then I threw him out. But that's funny. I was thinking of him. So you said Favre and Stafford, and it's neither one. Um, Six touchdowns, two quarterbacks have done it. One entered my mind. I'm not 100%. Give me a second. Um, Could have been a totally flukish freaking thing also. Uh, Let's do... Let's do Tom Brady and Scott Mitchell. No, Bob Greasy in 1977 and Peyton Manning in 2004. Hmm. I'm thinking mm. of Manning, but I wasn't sure about Turkey Day. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if Manning ever played on Thanksgiving, considering he was in the AFC. Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly right, exactly what I was thinking, brother. Great minds think alike, but great minds it, went um, It was against Detroit. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, not your best work, guys. <laughs> no, not at, all. not at all. But it was certainly yours. Certainly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know. That was a great mixture of Thanksgiving and football Thanksgiving questions. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I totally like it. It's not the questions. That's not the problem. It's me and uh, Damien. <laughs> definitely our lack of knowledge yeah and nikki's uh, knowledge of google is just tremendous unbelievable you know it does take work i can't just give you guys you know no it does yeah no it definitely takes work those are really good questions that's why we appreciate it very much. <laughs> Even though they're so freaking hard, we really appreciate it. But it's because I know you guys can. If I just gave you, like, the easy questions, the segment would be pointless and no fun. True. She's got a good point. She's got a good point. And, and you know, and this is fun. You're, you're ridiculous nonsense questions. It is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you get one right, you're really happy. <laughs> you yes, know? So. see, exactly. If you got a layup right, you'd be like, yeah, whatever, I know. That's right. There you go. Okay, I can dig it. I can dig it. All right, dig on this. We just had the freaking best freaky fantasy football draft of the year in week, what, 12 just passed or 11? Week 11. Guys, so close. I don't know if you went over the numbers, but, you know, of course I have them. One of us scored 54.06. Another one scored 55.2. And the other one scored 58.54. Guys, 
we were within basically four and a half points, all of us. Amazing. So congratulations to all of us for being awesome. But let's just go over the order. Damien, you had the 54. Nikki, you had the 55. And Tom Brady, even though he played not so well on Monday night, just got me enough points to surpass you guys. So I got a little lucky with Brady, despite his bad play. That's the way it went this week. So Jay, Nikki, Damien, which means Damien gets the first pick in our freaky fantasy football draft. And guys, we have used up a lot of players over 11 weeks going into week 12. It's not getting easy. Okay. All right. So no, it's not, no, it's not, but we're doing our best and look, we're making it happen. And you know, you're listening and you're hearing some really good fantasy advice on not even a fantasy show. So keep your freaking ears peeled to what's going on. Let's kick ass over here, guys. Damien, my brother, you are up first. You got any pick you want. We got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and defense. Go for it. All right. So this week for my running back, I'm going to go with my second Washington football team running back. I've already taken McKissick this year. So I'm going to go ahead and take Gibson. Antonio Gibson for my running back today. Yeah, that's not a bad pick, man. I'm not going to lie. He was on my list. That's not a bad pick. All right, Nikki, your turn. Um, I am going to go ahead, take a wide receiver. I have not taken him yet. Uh, I'm going to take Metcalf against Philly. Ooh, that's a good one. A good one. Good one. Well, you took Metcalf, and I already have, and I'm thinking just like you, Nick. I like Lockett, so I think that they're going to be passing the ball a lot, and I think both of them are going to get their days. So I'm going to take Lockett with my first pick, and now I get to snake that little bad boy around, and I'm going between two, and I don't know which – you know, I don't cheat, so I don't know which ones you guys picked yet. I don't like doing that. Oh, wow. Um. Okay, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to go with Zeke. I haven't used him all year long. He finally finally rushed for 100 yards in his final, really, last week. It was the first time that he had a 100-yard rushing game. I think that's going to continue this week, so I'll take Zeke. I'm sorry, Nick, but I hope you got a good backup. Well, maybe. Oh, it's my turn? Yep. Oh. All right. Well, since we're talking running backs, I will take... But don't forget, you can pick any any position you want except wide receiver right now. No, I'm going to take Josh Jacobs against Atlanta. Ah, good pick. Good pick. Very nice. And I'm kind of rooting for you because he's on all three of my fantasy teams. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) nice. Not bad. All right, Damien, you get two. You picked your running back, a nice sneaky one. Let's see what you got. So for this one, I'm going to go with a quarterback-wide receiver combo Mm. uh, with these picks. And I really like Carolina against Minnesota this weekend and put up some good fantasy points. So give me P.J. Walker Mm. and give me D.J. Moore. I'm going to take all the initials. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> that was very funny, man. I'm gonna take all the <laughs> That was really good. That was good. And a very I'm gonna look look, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. That's a risky pick, but if it comes out and you know they score some points, then I'm gonna give you mad props, bro. All right. Nick, you can do quarterback or defense. Um 
I will combo it as well. I have not taken my No, no. You only got one pick. Only one pick. Oh, oh, you mean you're going to combo with what you got. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to take Russell Wilson. You did? Oh, really? You haven't taken him this year? No, I've been saving him. And I I think against Philly, probably a good bet. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so, too. Oh, nice. Ooh, boy, she's going to be tough to beat this week. After this week, I... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is going to, wow, she's got Wilson and Metcalf and Jacobs already. Oh, shoot. All you got to do is get lucky with your defense, and we may be screwed. Okay, I got to make my last two. I got Zeke and I got Lockett, so I need a quarterback and a defense. I'm going with Josh Allen, uh, number one. Um, I, he's he, He's got to do his thing. Uh, why did I pick him? The Bills are playing this week. Um, the Chargers, that's exactly why. So I got Josh Allen, and for my defense – I struggled a lot because I've used a lot of the good ones so far, but I think just because they're playing the Bears, I'm going to go with the Packers. So my last two picks are John (laughs) 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 That's two in the jar for Damian today. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Man, I thought for sure I was going to get that Green Bay defense. Really? (laughs) Man, now I looked at him hard, bro. Yeah, I really wanted them. but, uh, yeah, it was a tough pick, brother. So, I got Allen, Zeke, Lockett, Packers, Nikki, your defense, and then Damien, you got your defense. I'm sorry, man. That <laughs> <laughs> no, happens. So, um, go ahead, Nick. I will take the Rams' defense against San Francisco. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm not rooting for you anymore. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, good. You got to go with what works, right? And they've been playing well. All right, Damien. Maybe you'll – hey, maybe it'll work out for you. What do you What do you got? Oh, so since you took Green Bay's defense, I'm going to take the Giants against the Joe Burrow-less Bengals. I think right. have- Ooh, good pick. Nice. Oh, I wish I thought – that's a very good pick right there. If there's a – hey, the Giants' defense is good overall. I agree. And going against the Joe Burrowless, Ryan Finley-led Cincinnati Bengals team? Yeah, that's a very good pick. Wow. Okay. Not bad. All right, let's run it down. Damian, that was a sweet one on defense with the Giants. You got P.J. Walker combered with uh, D.J. Moore and Antonio Gibson at running back going against a weak Dallas defense. Um, we also got Nicky with Russell Wilson combo with D.K. Metcalf. Josh Jacobs and the Rams defense. That is, I think, maybe the best lineup. Uh, I got Josh Allen, I got Zeke, I got Lockett, and I got the Packers defense. I pissed off a couple of my friends over here, but things <laughs> did happen once in a while. So, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But, hey, let's keep rolling on this bad boy. We're having a lot of fun. Freaky Fantasy Football Drift is done. What's left? Our picks. We're going to make some picks right now. No name that player this week. All right, we all got stuff to do. So we're going to take a break of that for just one week but we're going to make our week 12 picks and locks right freaking now. So let's do it. Let's get this bad boy going. Damien, would you like to kick it off as we pick between the Texans at the Lions, the first game, which we probably won't even watch, but I'll peek at it a little bit. Who do you think is going to win? I got to go with the Texans. Um, The Lions, you know, not being able to score against the Panthers. (laughs) Really love a bad (laughs) taste in my mouth about them. And, of course, they'll probably score against the Texans because that defense isn't that good. But Deshaun Watson going against that Lion defense, got to trust that he'll be able to perform well and remind people why we, you know, us football fans think he's so good. 
Yeah. Whereas knowledgeable football fans know he's so good. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. All right, Nikki, uh, you seeing an upset? Or I don't even know if you can call it an upset. What do you got? <laughs> Detroit has lost their last three Thanksgiving games. And Deshaun Watson has not thrown an interception in five games. So I'm going to go Houston over Detroit. Not bad. Hey, let's make it a trifecta, and I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to lock it in at 34 to 24. Uh, like you said, they haven't won uh, Thanksgiving game in, in three years. Uh, don't know why they would now. Uh, no running game, no Kenny Galladay. Uh, if Marvin Jones doesn't have 200 yards receiving, then you can forget about it. So we're all in the Texans, and I'm going to lock them in. Let's go to our next Thanksgiving game. Uh, Snoozer. Washington at the Cowboys. Damian, uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> one of them, I, I guess one of them has to win, but we could see a tie. I don't know. What, what's your synopsis here, bro? Uh, so my first prediction is that I'll be asleep by this time off of my <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol and tryptophan. There you go. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be definitely asleep by this time. But I think that Dallas will take possession of first place in NFC East after winning this game over the Washington football team. Well, that's just music to Nikki's ears right there. Well, Nikki, <laughs> one of them, I guess, right? So, I don't know. Which one do you think? Um, Washington, they actually play their division rivals pretty close. But I feel like this is like a last-minute Dalton the C.D. Lamb type thing, game-winning TD. So, I have Dallas 23, Washington 20. I had the exact same score as you, Nikki, and I had the exact same reason. For some reason, Andy Dalton and C.D. Lamb are really connecting, um, and they did. They, what was it, two touchdowns last week? I don't know if one or two. I forgot, but he had a good game, and they are, they're connected. So I'm with you on Dallas, and I had the exact same score, so that's great. We were going to get a third Thursday night uh, Thanksgiving game. Unfortunately, we're not. It's moved to Sunday. Health is more important. We all know that. Ravens and Steelers for the second time this time in Pittsburgh. Guys, let me just tell you that forget forget trap games. Uh, they're going to see the Ravens again. They know exactly what they're all about. Mike Tomlin is the coach of the year, so let's stop all that now. He's the coach of the year, and he deserves to be, and he probably should have won it a few times already. I got them 26-22. Yeah, it'll be a close game because Lamar Jackson will be able to do a couple of things, but I do like the Steelers in this game. Uh, I don't care if they're playing on Thursday, Sunday, or freaking Friday. It doesn't make a difference. So 26-22, I'll go with Pittsburgh, Damian. Yeah, I like that pick. I'm going with Pittsburgh as well. I like that front seven to continue to bother the Ravens. Um, Looks like since the Pittsburgh game, they've regressed as a team. And Pittsburgh is continuing to look better and better, even though it's not against the best competition. So I got to go with Pittsburgh to win this one. And I think the score is going to be a little bigger than we think. So I'm going Pittsburgh 28, Ravens 18, and clink, clink, locking it in. <laughs> oh, okay. So, all right. We got a first lock from D. Very nice. Okay, Nikki. Um, yeah, I'm going with uh, Pittsburgh as well. But I don't feel confident enough to lock it in because, like I said, it's division rival and the Ravens are – desperate and sometimes you just can't count out a desperate team um but overall i'm gonna go with pittsburgh 29 ravens 26 the ravens are very desperate and it's a far cry from even what we saw last year i can't believe this team is six and four right now i i I really can't I'm, i'm i'm very very shocked i know they've had played some tough teams and they got another one this weekend but damn all right 
So, look, we're all on Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm afraid to lock that one in, too, but I, I do like the Steelers. The next one we got is the Dolphins at the Jets. So, we do have an AFC East mini rivalry game going on over here. Uh, hopefully, Tua will play the whole game. Damian, what do you see here? Yeah, I got to go with the Dolphins over the Jets. I'm booking it. The Jets are going to 116. <laughs> the Dolphins mm-hmm. are still fighting for a playoff spot. So, clink, clink, lock that one in. Uh, Dolphins win a lot to little. Wow. Okay. All right. So he's got a second lock in with Miami traveling to the Northeast there. Nikki, what do you think? Um. Yeah. Get right game for Tua. The Jets do not have the pass rush ability that the Broncos have. So I think Tua is going to be able to adjust better this week, uh, provided his coach doesn't bench him. Um, so I'm going to go Miami 30, Jets 22, because Joe Flacco is scoring points. And Joe Flacco is scoring points, and the Jets are scoring points, and they're desperate, and they can give two dams what goes on this season, obviously. The Dolphins have been playing better. They had a rough loss last week. I, you know, I get it. Uh, things do happen. But I'm curious to see two of play in the cold outside in New York. And I know their defense is playing well, like I said, but the Jets have been surprisingly staying in games. I picked them once this year, and you guys know it was that Monday night football game that I was really pissed off about. They lost by a field goal against New England. They're going to win this game by a field goal. The Jets are not going 0-16-D. I'm sorry. They win this game 24-21. to I'll loan Ranger the shit out of this. I will not lock it by any means. But I do believe the Jets, I really believe the Jets are going to win this football game. So I will take them. I know it's a surprise, but I'm going with them. So second time I picked them all year, 0-1, maybe 1-1. We'll see. All right, let's get to our next one now. I think this one will be really interesting because it's in New England. We got the Cardinals coming to town, guys. Woo! Okay, so the Cardinals have had a little up and down. The Patriots, the same sort of thing. Cardinals have way more offense than the Patriots, but the Patriots have way more defense than the Cardinals. So, Nikki, what does that mean to you? <sighs> the way I see this game is either Bill Belichick is going to take away Arizona's best player, Kyler Murray and crew, or is Kyler Murray going to do to the Patriots what Deshaun Watson just did to them? And I think that's the case. And Arizona gets back on track of Arizona 28, New England 26. Okay. And a nice close game right there. Okay. So Arizona 28 to 26 in that one. And now we're going to go to Damien see what he thinks about this one up in New England. You ever have a game where you just have a weird feeling about it? You can't explain why you think a team might win. Like when I picked Houston last week? Yes, I know exactly. For the Jets this week? (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it's this game. Part of me wants to pick New England, and I have no reason why. I just think maybe it's the young upstart head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, running into the old veteran GOAT head coach in Belichick, and you see the GOAT put down the gavel and say, Hey, you, got, you still got some learning to do, even though you got the better team. So I'm going to go to upset. I'm going to go with New England to beat Arizona. I'm going to go New England 20, Arizona 17. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you something, guys. I went back and forth on this one big time. And when it came down to it, yeah, cold weather, they're not in the dome. So that's a factor also, though I understand. Defense usually wins over offense, even though in this day and age, it's maybe not so much so. Now, Nikki, you said they're going to take away their best player, Kyler Murray, and maybe he is. 
but maybe DeAndre Hopkins is. Now, if they take DeAndre Hopkins away, they're going to have a much, much more difficult time winning this game. I was going to go Cardinals when I first saw this. Then I started looking a little bit deeper, and I'm thinking that the Patriots and Bill Belichick are going to find a way to slow them down. I don't think D-Hop has a big game, and I think that's going to hurt Kyler Murray, who will get sacked three to four times. Damian, I'm with you. I'm going with New England. Okay. I'm like with it. you, man. I'm with you. Like, so it looks like you. I like our bold prediction. Yeah, they, right? <laughs> you ain't kidding. So, Nikki, you are a lone ranger on Arizona. I understand why. I definitely do. I definitely do. Let's get to our next game. This uh, was confusing on both sides last week where the Panthers shut out Detroit and the Vikings managed to lose to Dallas. So, here come the Panthers into Minnesota. Is Minnesota desperate enough? I don't know. The Panthers are playing well. Yeah, they got some backups in, but they played well. Um, now they're on the road. Guys, this one is tough. This one's tough despite how Minnesota has looked lately. Can Dalvin Cook run all over him, Damian? Is that going to be the difference? I don't think so. I think – well, Dalvin Cook's going to run all over him like he does everybody. But I think that it won't be enough against this Carolina team because Minnesota's defense isn't stopping anybody. And that's why I picked P.J. Walker and D.J. Moore uh, to get all the initials on my fantasy team this year or this week. <laughs> and I think that they have a good week and that Carolina wins this game. A little bit of a shootout. I'm going to go Carolina 30, Minnesota 28. I'm liking your shootout idea. All right. So the Panthers on the road in the Dome. Very interesting with uh, backup quarterback. Never know. We'll see what happens. All right. Nikki, what do you think about this game? It's not an easy one. No, it is not, but I do think at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins has more support, um, and he's thrown just one interception in his last four games. Of course, he has Dalvin Cook. Um, I just, I'm going to edge it to Minnesota. I'll go Minnesota 27, Carolina 21. Yep, I'm edging it to Minnesota also. I got it also in a high-scoring game, a little bit more, Damien. I got a 36-34. I think that both teams are going to go up and down the field. I don't know how the Panthers are going to stop the wide receivers. They're not going to stop Dalvin Cook. But also the Panthers, they know how to get down the field. And they will get down the field because the Vikings don't have a good defense. That's why I see a really high-scoring game. But in the end, I think the Vikings have more power, and it will display itself at some point. So I'm going to give them the win right there. All right, let's move on to our next one. Can I stop you real quick? Yes, of course. So I just – Saw some, uh, like a little headline at Teddy Bridgewater's coming back this week, so I have to change one of my fantasy picks. Real, oh, he's coming back, really? Oh, he oh. is. I didn't know that. I thought they were going to sit him another week. Yeah, and it looks like they, the whole return against his former team headline popped up on me. Um, hmm. so, <laughs> so for my cue, one to think about it if you want, but if, you, if you're ready, go for it. Yeah, so for my QB, let me see here. Yeah, let's pick our, our next pick, and then I'll, I'll do it. Okay, yeah, take your time, man. That was that was. I'm glad you saw that. You know, obviously we would have changed it before the week, but uh, I'm glad you checked that out. All right, good. Okay, so um, our next game we just finished Panthers Vikings. So let's get to Browns at Jaguars. Man, the Browns keep getting lucky with the schedule, man. Really, I I didn't know the schedule was going to be that easy when I picked them to go to the playoffs, but I got them winning this game again in Jacksonville. Um. Yeah, Jacksonville might fight him a little bit, um, but the Browns ultimately are going to run all over him. Another 200-yard running game, I see. 
I like the Browns 24-17, Nikki. <coughs> oh, and by the way, by the way, I haven't locked in a Browns game yet this year, but I'm locking this one in. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, Cleveland is 4-0 when Nick Chubb rushes for 100 yards or more, and I think we're going to get that this week. I'm going to go Cleveland 28, Jacksonville 14. I am also locking this game. Not a girl. She knows it. Now she gets it. Now she gets it. <laughs> I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, but. <laughs> no, no. Nope. Don't. Hey, I, I didn't say that. I just went for playoffs. And that, that's as far out as I go on that one. <laughs> All right, Damien, do we have a trifecta with the Browns or did the Jaguars sneak one out at home? No, we definitely have a trifecta. Got to go with the Browns. That running attack is going to go crazy against the Jaguars. And for like a bold prediction later on in the season, we always have one playoff team that has an ugly playoff performance. I think the Browns may be that team this year. Probably, yeah. I, 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 it depends who they play, but if they have to play Indianapolis, for example, they're screwed. They're totally, yeah, totally screwed. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, you might be, uh, you might be right about that one, bro. Yeah, okay, all right. So Nikki and I locked that in. We all got the Browns. Our next game, ooh. <laughs> Titans at Colts. All right. So the Titans are trying to feel themselves right now. The Colts definitely feeling themselves after beating Green Bay at home. They're at home again. The Colts took the first one on a Thursday night. If you guys remember, they doubled them up. Uh, I'm, I'm going back on my Colts, but I definitely think it's going to be a much, much closer game, Damian. I think it comes down to the wire. However it works out, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm the sports prophet, but I can't see everything clearly. But I will take the Colts 28-27 over the Titans. Man, this is a tough one. Uh, I definitely expect it to be closer than the previous game they had. I don't think the punter is going to shank it off the side of his foot to (laughs) (laughs) to set them back in this one like it happened in the last game. But I still, that Titans defense scares me. It's not near what it was last year. So I'm going to go with the Colts, man. I'm starting to believe in your Colts. You made a good pick on them at the beginning of the year to win this division. So I'm going to go with the Colts to win this one, 27 to 21. Okay. All right. So uh, we're definitely similar there. And I know you picked the Titans, and obviously they're tied. Look, the Titans win this game. They take control of first place. And, Nikki, they got a guy named Derrick Henry. It's not going to be as easy to go up against that Colts defense, but he could do a lot of damage. He certainly can, and I mean, what a game. Both these teams are 7-3. and three. Both these teams are coming off overtime victories, too. So I know it's going to be a heated game. I, I do want to take the Colts, but I just have this feeling this is going to come down to, like, a Derrick Henry pulling it out touchdown, despite Indy having a phenomenal defense. Derrick Henry, I think, pulls it out at the last minute. I'm going to go Tennessee 27, Indy 24. Okay, okay. So we got Tennessee for Nikki. She's going Lone Ranger on that one on the road. Yeah, look, it's very hard to beat a team in your division twice, especially when they're, you know, close to evenly matched, if not evenly matched. So uh, I I can understand that pick totally, without a doubt. Our next game. Uh, the reason why I picked Josh Allen is because he's going against the Charger defense, and it's in Buffalo. I expect both teams to score a lot of points. Um, you know, uh, Herbert shaved his head, so, you know, his brain's working a little bit better. Maybe not as many interceptions. Chilton Jack, <laughs> very good quarterback. 
Um, but ultimately, guys, uh, yeah, I look, the, the Bills need to win this game. They can't allow L.A. to go all the way across country to Western New York and, be, and beat the Bills. The Bills can't let that happen. Sean McDermott can't let that happen. Josh Allen can't let that happen. So I don't think it's going to happen. So I think I am going to make that my final lock. I don't think that the Chargers can come all the way to Buffalo and beat them. 33-23, Buffalo Bills, final lock. Damian, what do you got? I got that. Josh Allen will continue his quantum leap. (laughs) In this game, um, he'll have a big one. I already picked him in fantasy, so that's why I didn't even touch him this week. But he'll continue that against the Chargers in ball out. That Chargers defense, you know, has been very inconsistent, and I don't see them stopping the Bills. And, you know, Stephon Diggs and that offense going will go a little nuts. Uh, Justin Herbert will have some moments in this game where he makes some things happen, but that Bills defense will do enough. And I can see Buffalo winning 30-17. to 17. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a nice little blowout for them. I think they're going to have their day. Nikki, do you agree? Um, I do, but, uh, just a little food for thought. Buffalo is defense is ranked 22nd right now. So, I know, I know. Um, yeah, no, not at all. And Buffalo are coming off. The, they've had a week to be so pissed off about that Hail Mary. So oh. I do think they're going to win, but I do think the chargers will score. So I'm going Buffalo 28, uh, chargers 21. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're all on Buffalo. So far, Damien's got his two locks. We're gonna, we all have three, obviously. Damien's got two with Pittsburgh, Miami. Nikki, you got one so far with the Browns, and I got two with the Browns, and I just picked Buffalo for my second lock. Uh, excuse me, with my third lock, because I also have the Texans in uh, the Thanksgiving game. So my locks are done. Let's keep continuing. We have another interesting game. Good it'll be. But um, you guys, like I said last week, have been – Way more on the Raiders than I have. I wasn't a big believer. I wasn't a believer before the season, but I am starting to become one. Yes, they have to get their defense more intact. I don't think they'll have that much trouble at Atlanta this week as far as that's concerned. Um, Even though, yes, uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, they could do a number on you. But you know what? So can Derek Carr. So can Josh Jacobs. So can Darren Waller. I got Raiders 30 I got Falcons 20, Raiders with another uh, road win. Nikki, do you agree? Um, yes, I do. Falcons are 1-4 and four at home, and the Raiders are 4-1 and one on the road. So go. I'm going Raiders 31, Atlanta 26. There you go. She did her homework, and she backed me up on that one. Thank you very much. Damien, go ahead. Yeah, I got to agree with you guys. I'm going with the Raiders as well over the Falcons. That Falcons defense, especially the secondary, is just not that good. And speaking of that, Derek Carr will be my quarterback uh, for our freaky fantasy draft. Uh, okay. Nice. All right. All right. Good nice. Pick. Good pick. Good pick. He was also on my list in case somebody snuck Josh Allen out from under me. Very good pick. All right. I'm with it. All right. So we got Damien's team complete. Just to recap, because of the switch with quarterback, he's now got Derek Carr. Instead of PJ Walker, along with Antonio Gibson, DJ Moore, and the Giants defense. Very nice. Very interesting. All right. Let's keep this bad boy going. We all got the Raiders in this game. The next one is a MFA Chiefs at Bucks. 
Here we go. I don't know why it's not on prime time, but okay. Nevertheless, Chiefs at Bucks. Now, I talked about Tom Brady before, and I, I, I was disappointed. And we talked about Bruce Arians. Look, they got to get together and figure this thing out if they want to win games. The ego BS. It's it's nonsense already. The Chiefs, we all know about them, what they can do. They're amazing. Um, defensively, they still also have to get better. But when I look at these two teams, I look at an 8-1 and one and a 7-4, and four, and I look at a Patrick Mahomes, and I look at a Tom Brady, and I go with the Chiefs. And I know it's going to be a lot of points. I do think that Brady and the Bucks will play better. But, Nikki, I think that the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They're going to be able to pull it out at the end. 41 to 38. I'm going to go with Kansas City, Nikki. Um, this game is really tough to pick. Uh, when you think about it a little bit, you know, it's easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, but like I always say, Brady is coming off another loss. And what do I say? Never count out a pissed off Tom Brady. So Chiefs have won five straight, but their defense has allowed. 31 points in their last two matchups. Tampa, if they show up, has a better defense. So I'm calling for the upset. I think we're going to get a vintage Tom Brady game, and he shows Bruce Arians that his way works. I think it's going to be some last-minute drive in the fourth where Brady pulls it out. We're going Tampa Bay 31, Kansas City 30. That's not bad at all. I, I totally understand your reasoning, and you're right. Every time that, uh, you know, the Bucks have lost or Brady has lost, whoever you want to put it, they come back with a vengeance. Maybe they could do it again, but Damien, they faced their toughest opponent, opponent after a loss. Yeah, yeah. Usually after these losses, they've had easy opponents to look good against. Uh, this time they don't. Now, I will think – I do think that Tom Brady will have a good game because uh, Nikki said it previous episode – that he has a bedtime, and this game will be prior to his bedtime. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> 9.15. So, Good night. Yeah. yeah, so he won't be tired in this one, and maybe, you know, he won't be misreading the defenses because he'll be wide awake and, won't you know, won't be fatigued. So I do <laughs> think that Tom Brady has a good game, but not as good as Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Bucks have a good defense um, that has had some bad games this year, but I still think it's a good defense. But – I don't think they have anything for Patrick Mahomes and that offense. So I'm going in a shootout, 38-35, Chiefs. I'm all with you on that, man. Like I said, 41-38. Nicky, you brought out, you know, one of the top points that the Bucks absolutely do have a better defense, but sometimes they just don't show up. And if there's ever a time to not show up, it's against Patrick Mahomes and, and, and you know, his – race cars all over the place so no but it will not shock me one day if tampa bay takes this one at home uh i think it'll be a high scoring game either way but damn those chiefs nikki but uh yep you're lone ranger in this one so let's see what happens all right we got a few more to go let's go to sunday night football <laughs> we got the bears freaking joke that they are i don't know mitch trubisky nick Foles, jim mcmahon i don't know who you want to throw in there anymore so they're going against the packers they just lost to the colts you think they're going to lose again i don't but I know the Bears will keep it a little bit closer than people think with that defense. Ultimately, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Aaron Jones, you got Devontae Adams. Give me the Packers. They win Sunday Night Football 28-18. Nikki, what do you think? Um, yep, I'm on the Packers train here. I got Green Bay 26, Chicago 19. Okay. All right, so a little bit more scoring. All right. And Damian? 
Yeah, I'm going with Green Bay as well. Clink, clink. Clink, <laughs> I'm right. going with Green Bay to win this one. I don't think their offense will have a great day, but the Bears' offense won't have a day at all. So they'll, <laughs> <laughs> so they'll definitely win this one. You know, as much as the Bears' defense will try, won't be enough. So I got Aaron Rodgers and that team winning. I'm going to go 21 to 16 over the Bears. Okay. Okay. I like it too. Yeah, I'm thinking a little bit low, more low scoring, but then again, you never know. Defenses may be able to do something. But all right, so we're all on Green Bay there. Damian, you locked that in. That's your third lock. I got my three, and mm, can't wait to see what else Nikki's got up her sleeve. Let's mm. go Monday night football. And, uh, yeah, I think one of them <laughs> going to be coming in in a second over here is her boy <laughs> Russell Wilson is going to take his team and that crappy defense over to another crappy defense in Philadelphia and even a worse offense. Monday night football. I thought about clinking this one myself, Nikki, but uh, I didn't overall just because Monday night football could be a little tricky. I don't know how desperate the Eagles are, but I, I don't think that Seattle's going to lose. They're one of the best road teams in the league since Russell Wilson has got there. They beat them in the playoffs last year despite a terrible hit by Jadavian Clowney. That won't need to happen this time. They'll win it comfortably 29-27, Nick. Um, yes, Russ is clicking oh, I'm again. I'm, I'm sorry, but Seahawks all the way. Go ahead. Yeah, Seahawks all the way. Russ is cooking again. I think they're going to have a nice balanced game. Um, Eagles are hanging on for dear life, and I know Russell Wilson's going to take advantage of that putrid, putrid Philly defense. I am locking in the Seahawks. I'm going Seattle 27, Philly 19. That a girl. I don't. Oh, dude, we have this. We have very similar. God, uh, uh, what do you call it? Scores on that game. Very nice. Yeah, uh, Damien. I, I don't know if the Eagles can handle Seattle. Do you? No, no, they nah. can't. <laughs> no. That was a great, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm definitely on the same bandwagon going with Seattle in this game. Uh, Seattle's defense may look good again. They have another offense mm-hmm. that they can build confidence against. They may get a few turnovers against Carson Wentz. We'll see. But I definitely got Russ cooking in this one. Coming off of Thanksgiving, he'll be in the in the kitchen cooking up everything that I mentioned earlier on my on my plate against Philadelphia. So I got Seattle winning. I'm gonna go 30 to 17. Yeah, yeah, we we all believe in that one, and I know Nikki and I, especially with uh, you know, her, she picked Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. I got Lockett over there. Uh, yeah, big one. That's going to be very, very interesting. All right, so Seattle at the Eagles, Monday night football. Wow, wow, wow. Here we go. All right, let's get into our games over here. 49ers at the Rams. I'm getting it out of the way quick, guys, because I know it's nothing that we want to spend a lot of time on. I'm tired of watching the backups. Um, we do as good as we possibly can with them because we are very, very well coached. But it's not going to matter. I told you I like the Rams a lot. Um, at the beginning of the year. And uh, last week we talked about that division. I think they're going to win that division. I think they beat the, the crap out of the Niners, honestly, 28-12. to 12. It's in L.A. I just want to go back to one thing, that last game that we talked about with Seattle and, uh, and Philadelphia. You guys remember I called out Jamal Adams last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You what kind of game he, he heard you. He, heard he freaking you. heard me. You bet your ass he heard me because he balled out, no doubt. So I wanted to mention that real quick. But – 49ers at Rams. Uh, I, I I think the Rams really blow them out, Nikki. I, I don't see any shot here. I really don't, unfortunately. 
Um, yeah, I know the 49ers won the first matchup, but that was yep. a very different team. Yes. Um, I just think you guys have too many injuries, and I'm not a huge believer in Jared Goff, but he is playing some efficient football lately. So I am taking the Rams 27, San Fran 23, and I am going to lock this in. I knew you were going to lock it. I freaking <laughs> you love locking against my 49ers. But you know what? You've been right because they haven't won in a while. So I completely understand. I do. Let's keep, let's keep it going with the game, man. My Niners, Damian, against the Rams. They've been hot. Uh, they won a big game on Monday Night Football. Like I said, I think they're the most complete team in that division. So I think they have no problem with San Fran. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. The Rams win this one easily, unfortunately, because your team is so hurt. And yep. the Rams look good. They're playing well. They have the momentum that uh, Jared Goff looks like a real quarterback, you know, these past few weeks. Somebody who's just not dependent on the coaching. So I'm going to go with the Rams in this one, 27 to 14. And thank you for saying my team is so hurt, not so bad, because there's a complete difference between the two. So thank you for differentiating that. We're hurt. We're not a bad team. We're a freaking great team. We just need our guys back. So I appreciate that. Nikki, let's get to your game over here. You said it. No Joe Burrow. That's going to make things a little bit easier, especially with that good Giants defense. Giants at Bengals. All right. So they go on the road. I don't really see a big problem over there as far as the road is concerned, unless the Bengals defense shows up. I'll tell you right away, I like the Giants in this game. I think it'll be close. But I think maybe since he gets a late touchdown to make it 22-19. So I'm going with your Giants, Nikki. Oh, I love to hear that. I really, really do. I am also going to take my Giants. I don't don't pick pick them often. But when I do, they win. Uh, So (laughs) I'm going to roll with my my boys this week. I think, um, yeah, Ryan Finley, he took four sacks against – Washington last week I personally think we have a bit of a better defense all around so I think he's probably in for a tough day will they keep it up the entire game we'll see they like to just pretend they don't know how to play defense in the third quarter um Jones can lead up like a low risk passing attack I really think they can pull it off I look for Wayne Gallman to have a nice day um if they actually want a shot at the division this is a game they absolutely should and need to win. Um, I'd say the knock on them is they really just have a knack for way too many penalties and just shooting themselves in the foot, but they have been playing nice ball. So I'm taking the Giants 20 since he's 16. Yeah. Look, you made a good point also. They have to win this game, you know, especially you got Washington versus Dallas this week and Philly's going to lose against Seattle. You better win this fucking game. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. They have to win this game. And if they don't, it's, you know, I, I don't know if you want to call it on Joe Judge or the team or whatever it is, Damian, but you go into Cincinnati without Joe Burrow and, and a deflated Cincinnati Bengals city, you better win that game. Yeah, no, they absolutely have to win this game. If Especially with the fact that if they win the game, they'll be tied for first place with whoever wins out of the football team exactly. and the Cowboys. So you have to go into this one and win. I think they will do it. The Giants defense should have a good day against that team. The only reason the offense looked any kind of any kind of good was Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. So yeah. without Joe Burrow, that defense should feast. And, you know, sticking with the Thanksgiving theme, <laughs> so they should go ahead and feast. And I got Giants winning. I'm going to go 24 to 14. 
Okay. All right. So it should be a comfortable win for them in your eyes. And uh, I could totally see that. It should be that way. Hey, we got one more game to go before we close it out. And my friends over here stuff their face with Thanksgiving food, and I'm going to order a pizza. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So not right. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm terrible. But, hey, at least I surprise you, right? That's one good thing. At least I can give you a shock once in a while, like picking the Jets to win over Miami. All right, here we go. We got Saints at the Denver Broncos, Damien. We're going to save you for last over here. Um. Wow, this is hard to dissect because if, you know, they're sticking with Taysom Hill. Now the Broncos got maybe a little bit more tape. Vic Vangio, very, you know, defensive mind, obviously. But also the Saints playing really good on defense. It's in Denver. It's in mile high. Uh, It's outside. If it was Drew Brees, I I might not think twice about this one. But I've got to tell you, Damian, Nikki, I want to go to you first, you know, before Damien, because I want him to, you know, he knows better than us, his team. I think the Broncos win this one. I do, because I think the defense shows up. Maybe Drew Locke has himself a good game with Tim Patrick. If Jerry Judy is healthy, I'm not sure if he gets in the field. But I think it's going to be really hard for the Saints to go out there and up there and win this game. Damien, save your reservations for a minute. Nikki, what do you think? I'm going to go with Denver. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. And, you know, of course, Drew Brees would make this an easy pick. I did toss this one up. Um, Denver's won their last two home games. And I think this is a really good road test for the Saints, who just like as an aside, by the way, I feel like I never see them play on the road. I feel like they're always home. I know. I feel like I never see them on the road. So, hey, why not? Trip to Denver. Um but here's my sticking point. Saints have the best run defense. So I think Drew Locke might get forced into some situations that he's not comfortable with. I think it's going to lead to turnovers. So ultimately, I'm going to go Saints 28, Denver 20. But I would not be surprised if the Broncos pull it out. Okay. I like that. And hey, look, they got Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. And if they can stop those two guys and put it all on Drew Locke, you make a hell of a lot of sense right there. So, Damien, I know you like what she just said. You want to, uh, you know, elaborate on that for us with uh, Who Dat Nation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely like what Nikki said there. It makes a lot of sense because our run defense is very good and our defensive line is playing phenomenal. Uh, we have Trey Hendrickson, leads the league in sacks right now. A lot of people don't know who that is, um, but he, he's on the opposite side of Cam Jordan. He's been balling out. Is that Cam the white Jordan. dude? I'm not trying to be funny. Is That's the white guy on the other side, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. I wasn't trying to be funny at all. I was just asking. Just making sure. Yeah, no, a lot of people don't know him. Like I said, he's, he's very unknown going into this year. Um, I have to give a shout out to Mina Kimes on ESPN. She was one of the people that first, like, said he's going to have a big year. And he he's balling out this year. Balling out. Cam Jordan is definitely do, still doing his thing. Uh, Marcus Davenport in that defensive line. Like, our defensive line is stacked quietly. And I think that they will pressure Drew Locke into a few bad passes. We've seen him panic and throw bad passes, and he'll get a few interceptions. I'm not sure about Taysom Hill. Like you said, he's going against a defense that has tape on him now. What will happen? But then you have Sean Payton. Sean Payton, for all we know, is going to come with a totally different game plan than what he did against Atlanta. And yeah. with his offensive mind, you just can never doubt him when it comes to this. So I got the Saints winning, but I'm not super confident. I'm not like, oh, we're, like last week, I, just, I knew for sure we are going to beat Atlanta. But 
<laughs> but this week, okay. I, I'm a little I'm a little unsure about Denver in Denver. But I think we do pull it out. I'm gonna go Saints twenty. I'm gonna go twenty one. Denver fourteen. Okay, yeah, so low-scoring game. I, I, I see that, too. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points in this game. I think uh, even in the first quarter, it could be double zeros, uh, you know, each other trying to feel each other out and, you know, how we're going to, you know, work this game. Are we going to run? Are we going to pass? You know, what are we going to do? Are we going to have Taysom Hill run the entire game? So, yeah, Vic Fangio with time on his hands. Uh, yeah, I think that he can do something. Again, of course, I could be wrong, and we all love the Broncos in the beginning of the year, and they've been disappointing lately, but uh, we'll see. And again, like you said, you just can't can out a guy like Sean Payton, and there's a reason why he's been the head coach of the team since 2005, six or whatever it was. So, yeah, I, I totally understand, man. I'm with you. So, all right, I'm going to lone range of that bad boy, with, um, but for your sake, I'm rooting for you, Saints, man, because my niners are out of it, and you know, the Giants are still in it, so I'm rooting for you guys at least. I got something to root for. <laughs> I got something to root for. And uh, I guess we're all rooting for a four-day weekend, even though it's not been that kind of year. We got Thanksgiving coming up. I personally give thanks to you guys, my family, the people I love. I love this show, so I thank the show. I thank Anchor for letting us do this over here uh, and having our show and, of course, the sports column. I wish everybody a Thanksgiving. I wish I could spend it with you guys and show you how much I hate the food so you would understand what I'm all about. <laughs> just just know I'll be thinking about you, and I love you guys, man. Oh, that's very sweet. I am also thankful for this show. Thankful for Jason for the first invite of me and Nikki on the draft episode <laughs> um, that <laughs> led yeah. to this show that we have now. I'm thankful to Nikki for everything that she does for the show coming up with the idea to have this one on Zoom, just to give you guys a little behind the curtains yeah. <laughs> on what sometimes goes on as far as just trying to get the sound correct for the episode. And thankful for sports, man. Really thankful for sports, the fact that we had a time where we didn't think we would have sports this year. And the fact that the NFL has been able to do this. Uh, the NBA having this crazy offseason right now uh, that – is leading to training camp starting on December 1st. So we're going to have NFL and NBA going on very soon uh, to feel just a little bit like normal, you know, during this time of the year. So I'm very thankful to you guys and this show. Uh, well, hey, thank you for saying that, man. And the first thing you said when, uh, when, when I made the initial invite for you guys to come on, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, because every time we do this show on Wednesday nights or whatever night we do it, if we switch it up, I have such a great time. I never look at the clock. I could give a damn what time it is. I just love doing the show with you guys. And Nikki, Damien hit it on the head. You put in a lot of hard work with that knowledge with Nikki. The, the questions are unbelievably insane, but we love them. And, and we love you. We love you. You, you, know, you, you, you make the show a lot of what it is without you even realizing it. Not just being a female, but the things that you bring to the table, even like stats for certain games like that, it's clear that you do your homework and you know what the hell you're talking about. And I really, we, we appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that a lot. And I appreciate you guys since I am so new to podcasting um, for one. And I feel like you guys push me to bring my A game. Um, there's probably weeks that I don't, but um I really try to come up to your level and, and bring what I have. And I really, I really thank you guys because there have been many times where I've had 
a bad day at work or, you know, just having a crap week. And I know that come Wednesday night, I could just turn it off and you guys make me laugh. You are my friends. You are my family. Um, and you really do put me in a good mood. I look forward to the show every week. So I thank you guys for hanging in there with me, showing me the ropes and being the professionals that you are. And just a shout out to everybody else. Um, I know the holidays could be tough. Um, I know this is a weird year. So I speak for not only myself, but I know my teammates feel the same way. Anybody out there need someone to talk to, you are not alone. You can reach out to us. We will always be there for our listeners and anyone else that needs it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm shaking my head the whole way, Damien, right? I'm with her. Yeah, most definitely. Like, I understand this time of the year can be tough, you know, especially if you're away from family and you can't get to them now because of what's going on in the world right now. So <laughs> like she said, I'm always here, an ear to listen to, uh, anything you have to say, a shoulder to cry on, whatever you need. Absolutely. That, that's the way we are. And that's why we are who we are. We're, we're family. We're willing to do that for other people. And we're happy to do that for other people. I didn't go to school and study psychology just so I can make a lot of money. I don't make shit. I do it because I love people. <laughs> I want to help people. All right. We don't make, guy. listen, if, for the young kids listening out there, don't go to school for psychology. Go all the way and, you know, get, be a psychiatrist or something like that. But yeah, we love helping people, whether it's through this show or one-on-one or whatever. And Damien, you put that so well. And Nikki, just to allude to what you said before, you picked up on this thing from day one. So don't count yourself short. <laughs> no, but you know what it is? It's intimidating. And, um, you know, people associate sports with um, a male industry. And so it, even though we have our, our podcast, but people do listen. So it's a different kind of feel being a female in that environment. So I appreciate you guys very, very, very much, probably more than I let on. So thank you for uh, doing the show with me every week. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, thank you. And all we want is for you to be comfortable and happy and enjoy yourself. And if that's happening, then, then, hey, we're doing our job, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No doubt. Hey, listen, guys. Let's get some turkey. Let's get some mac and cheese now. Let's get some (laughs) turkey. Yes. I am hungry. You know I am. We talked about food the entire time. Yep. Oh, she's ready to eat. There's no doubt. Oh, there go. <laughs> Bottomless pit this one over here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. For Damian Adams and for Nikki Gist, the Matthews, happy Thanksgiving to you all. We hope you enjoyed the show. Listen to our picks. Listen to what we got to say. And especially at the end of the show over here, we really mean it. We're here for you guys for whatever it is, all right? Anything that we can do to help. Happy Thanksgiving to all. We're so thankful that we can be here. And again, Wednesday nights, it's just, it, it doesn't doesn't get better than to be with you guys. So thank you all so much. And uh, hey, let's have, that, let's have a great Thanksgiving, whatever the hell we're eating and drinking, whatever games are on. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't nope. matter. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, all. We appreciate it. We are out, and we love you, and we'll see you next week.